Welcome, everybody. It's your boy, the Puerto Rican Pirates, Mike for Hire, the Puerto Rican Kaiser, the podcast. I'm versus yourself, Chris and Joe Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review of Supercard of Honor 2023, NXT 10 Stand Deliver 2023, and WrestleMania 39. Here with my co host, but with the most, Raul Montero. Say what's up. Tripleta Mania comes back once Bro, again. We tried to avoid this shit, but so much wrestling has happened in that same weekend. We couldn't do multiple reviews, so we're going to speed run the shit out of this. So, sorry, monetization. All right, not like, <laughs> I, not like I make any right now, let's be honest. So, uh, you go and start off with your card, and then I'll do Ring of Honor. Uh, no doubt. So, I took, I went out of my way to watch NXT Stand and Deliver. Yes, and you invited me to see it, and I personally could not make it because I was probably in church or something doing something. I, Again, I don't watch NXT religiously. I just keep up with it on Twitter. Um, I'm not really following the product to the point where I know everything, but you can probably fill in the holes. So, I will say this. The white and gold era, I'm a huge fan of. It's actually like feels like black and gold? Yes. That's good. That's why I will highly want to recommend it. And it sucks that no one's really watching it in comparison to like the main shows because they don't know a lot of the superstars there. But uh, again, that's what NXT is for. It's a building ground. For yeah, them. it's... Obvious developmental, like, opening match, you had, like, the eight-man for Chase U, the debut of The Rock's daughter. Oh, in the ring, right? Yes. Uh, her name is Ava Rain, right? Just Ava. Just, the fuck happened to her last name? Already the Vince McMahon just happened? I'm sorry. Go ahead. And it told, like, a great story because, like, the winner would take control of Chase U, and, like, they had, like, a fake-out turn. Now, and- Chase U is, like, the modern-day spirit squad, right? Yes. Okay. But, like, they're really over. Like, they're stomping. No, no, no. I know they're over because they were at a show. I forget which one it was. And the fans were chanting along with the college chants. Exactly. That's what they were doing. Like, every time they stomped, they're like, give me a C. Give me an H. And it was like, they won me over. You want to know why? Because it's the oldest trick in the book. Pep rallies are very common in every high school and middle school. It only makes sense people, like, have a natural innate ability to really fall into it so it should have been over from day one it wasn't at first when they had um brody was his name right the guy that's now at aw I forget his name brody he's the blonde jack guy he got let go yeah but now it's more over because tyler bates in it i, I didn't I'm like, yeah yeah i'm like tyler bait okay so i mean i'm, I'm a tyler bait fan so i'm not gonna lie so i gave it a shot and um you're saying it's andrew andrew chase is over yeah andrew chase in a sweater is andre over. Oh, Andre Chase. My bad. In a, yeah. sw- in a sweater looking like a college professor is over. Yes. Okay. Like, they even have, like, eye black and everything. Oh, they went full fucking pep rally. All right, so what is your star rating for this match? This one is a solid, like, four, I would say. Really? Okay. Because it's a great opener, and it gets you involved. That's good. All right, what's the next match? Next is the five-woman ladder match for the NXT title. This I know because it made Storm on Twitter. Um, this is because Roxanne Perez allegedly, we're not confirming shit here, is pregnant. That's what I've heard. Or, like, there's rumors that she might be pregnant. That's why she vacated the title. I didn't know. I thought, because I don't keep up with NXT on a week-to-week basis. Right, exactly. I just saw her do, like, the Shawn Michaels thing where she, like, collapsed right, right. after that, the match. I understand it. it's another Shawn Michaels, uh, romant- like, romanticizing of one of his things, which he's, he likes doing that. The greatest sense. He's done the barbershop with uh, Gigi Dolan and uh, uh, Jane, Jana Jace. Is that his name? JC Jane. JC Jane, sorry. 
And um, which was brutal because that shit was not getting it. That door yeah. was closed. So she really got fucking rocked. Okay, so this is the five woman match, and I remember Indy Hartwell is a new champion, right? Yes. The thing that I didn't like was like it's immediately the opener, and already three women are in the ring. Like they got jobber entrances, including Indy. I mean, if we're gonna compare apples to oranges, AW sometimes does that to kind of start the shows a little bit quicker. But I get what you're saying. The pay-per-view, there should be time for everyone to get an entrance. Exactly. But I will say, like, the whole ending, when, like, Indy is like, I don't know if I can make it. Dexter Loomis pops out of nowhere. Nice. Like, goes yeah. under her legs, gives her a thumbs up, her and, like, puts her on his shoulders and climb up. Her work husband, who is technically still, the way kind of still exists in the main roster in a way. Well, eventually it will. I mean, once Indy gets called up, of course, because she's obviously going to become Candace's muscle when Candace turns heel. Yeah. That's, she's going to be right, Razor Ramona. I'm just calling it. She's going to be. Because <laughs> she's like six foot two, right? Like, she's tall as shit. Yeah. I, I thought she was like regular, like, I thought she was girl tall. No, she's man tall. Almost mine, my, my height. This one, I would give solid, like, I would say three. I do like how Gigi popped out and was about to climb. JC popped out of nowhere and, like, have Continue the feud. Yes. Okay. What's the next match? Uh, the three-team tag match. Okay. What three? Men's or women's? Men's. For the NXT tag titles. Cool. So, we had Gallus. Yes. Now, Gallus is one of the Coffee Brothers and Wolfgang. The other the other Coffee wasn't in this, this tag match, right? Oh, he came in to help him retain. Understood. Okay. Against the family, D'Angelo and Stax, and the Creed Brothers. See, I know about Gallus because I watched NXT UK back when I was a hardcore WWE fan. And NXT UK was a low-key fire show nobody gave a shot to. But it was, like, something to watch. This was an absolute, like, hard-hitting match. Would you say it was a banger? Oh, absolutely. Banger! Uh, like, oh, all man. six men in this match absolutely came off, like... And, and Gallus won it? Yes. So they, they won the belts? Yes, they retained it. Okay, cool. Cool. Because uh, they took them off New Day. Right, because New Day was there for a stint, like they always do. Who pretty, and pretty deadly won the belts back off him, right? Or was it? No, 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 it was Gallus. It was Gallus. Okay, cool, so they didn't even get their win back. Cool. Yeah. That pretty is... deadly was hosting. No shit. Yeah. And... This one, I would give, like, maybe a three and a half. That's fair. That's literally above average. Yes. Not wrong with that. These next couple probably have been, like, my matches of the weekend. Okay. No lie. Especially this next one, the Fatal Five-Way for the NXT North American Champ. Because Shawn Michaels told Wesley, an open contract is too chaotic. You pick your four opponents. So he specifically chose Dragon Lee. Right, I saw that in the on Twitter. That was really cool. Axiom. Yep. Who was from Spain, but he's uh, Luchador. <laughs> I'm not judging because we got Luchadors from all over the world. So yep. it is what it is. A gimmick. Ilya Dragunov. Yep. The Russian. and the last spot was taken in a uh, battle royal by JD McDonough. See, the last Ilya match I watched was him and Gunther when they were both in NXT. UK for the World Heavyweight Championship and that was a fucking yeah. match. So And Wesley just Could you see Ilya in part of an Imperium? 
Yeah, oh, yeah, 100%. He fits right in, right? He just seems like he fits. Because then you have all the axes. I'm sorry, it's the truth. It's the axis powers in, in heel. Let's be honest. Austria, Germany, Italy, all they're missing was Russia. And you got the axis powers right there in fucking wrestling. I'm just saying, Vince knows what, what, what works as heels. And let's be honest, Russia is exactly everyone's favorite right now in the world of politics. So, And it was just like a nonstop match. Like, it gave it... It's time almost like 20 minutes, and like it flew by so well. And Wesley is a star. Like, if you would have told me after MSK like broke up, I forgot they were called MSK because I still call them the Rascals. Yeah, <laughs> but um, what's his face? Is David Gigi, Gigi Dolan now? Yeah, um, what's his actual name? I just know him as uh, Zach Wentz, Zach Wentz, Nick Car- something Carter, not Nick Carter, rest in peace. Uh, Zach Carter. Zach Carter. No, no. Nash Carter. Nash Carter. There we go. Um, is he ever gonna get back, or is that one really fucked up photo gonna ruin it forever? I have no idea. Because WWE, I I know that they're very they don't want especially now that Endeavor owns them. It's a little different now because uh, that's the one thing I should break here, people. Um, Endeavor announced that they purchased the people that run UFC or own UFC, are now going to own WWE. It's still in the works. It's not finalized. But they are a Hollywood uh, agency, or quote-unquote, like, movie agency. Uh, so a lot of these people that are in UFC, once they retire, they see the agency for, like, movie roles, action movie roles, even commentator, because they're, they're an entertainment entity, right? So, like, they're there to give you managers, whatever. Of course, um, now that WWE's under the umbrella... That's people think it's gonna be a lot of crossover. There isn't. It's just that they're under the. It's like a Disney banner, right? Yeah. Marvel, Star Wars, they don't crossover at all. So it's just that. So, but you do have actors who literally work both. So, but they're just yeah. So that's I guess I explained it pretty. pretty and I love how they announced it right before the beginning of second quarter. Yeah, they had to. Um, quick, quick question for you. Um, yeah. Wesley, Dragon Lee, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, were there other people in this match? I forgot. Axiom, Axiom Dragonov, Dragonov, and McDonough. And McDonough. McDonough, JD McDonough. My God, that guy has a huge head. He is a human Roblox, I call him. <laughs> um, how was this match? Five out of five. That good? Yes. like That's great. The North American title is finally reaching that same level, I would say, since Keith Lee. It's finally got back to where it belonged as the work workhorse title. Yes, and like this match, like even though Dragon Lee lost in his debut, he still had an impressive showing. All five men had impressive showing, but Wesley. No, no, no. My God, who was it that fucking super kicked Axiom's face off? Like the timing of that was crazy. Oh, that was um, I think it was Dragonov. And then goes Dragunov, literally super kicked him as he was mid-flip. No, it was Wesley that got kicked like that. Oh, Wesley got kicked by Dragunov. Yeah. Okay, that's what it was. But I think it was Dragon Lee that did it. I'm, I gotta look back into it. Yeah. It, From the highlights, it looks like a match I want to watch. It was very Ricochet Adam Cole-esque. I knew it. It was, it was New Japan style. I mean, they, let's be honest. Who's in there? Impact and New Japan alumni. So I'm not surprised. Like as much as people want to tie Dragon Lee to Mexico, he made his money in bread and butter in New Japan. Yeah, because that's that's where I this I saw Dragon Lee when he was during Ring of Honor and Lowell, and he was part of the New Japan people that came over. And I'm like, who is this guy? Just a human action figure. 
and I didn't take a picture with him. That was a year that I met um, he whose name we did not say. Ah. Uh, yeah, Mr. Canceled. And um, Brody King and uh, PCO and, um, my God, how can I forget the guy? Um, the Briscoes? Flip Gordon. Oh. The Briscoes were there, for, but uh, also the Gorillas of Destiny I met there. So oh, nice. I wanted a picture with Roosh because I knew he was going to be a guy to watch. But I didn't know if his work. I didn't want to be fake. I don't like going to lines of people and not be like, oh, I love your work. i never seen a match. You know, like, I think they look cool. I mean, Roosh looks like, in real life, he literally looks like he can whoop somebody's ass. Yeah. Dragon Lee looks like somebody straight out of, a, like, a action martial arts movie. Because these guys legit fit the bill. All right, so go on. I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. Yeah. It, if there's any match to watch this weekend, it's one of the three, I would say, out of NXT. Excellent. And um all right, so we did the we did the women's title. We did the tag titles. Yes. What about the women's tag? Was that not It is, but a match right before that was uh Grayson Waller versus Gargano in an unsanctioned. That unsanctioned? Yes. I've never heard those words in the WWE. Yeah, they've legit said the words unsanctioned. And I heard Booker T got rocked for real. Yeah. And he apparently did not give the match more than a six because he's so petty. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it was Grayson who threw Gargano, but he like missed. No, 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 it. Gargano threw Grayson. I oh. saw the clip, and he Grayson's a tall boy, so he literally was able to cross body Booker as he was sitting down in the chair. That's gonna fucking hurt. As and he's an older man, like he's he's retired right now, like he's not. The spot of the match, I will say, is um. Grayson's just like giving Candice LeRae shit while holding on to Quill at ringside. And she gave Quill to somebody else. And that's yeah, I think it was like either Gargano's sister or someone like that. Like someone within the family hops the barricade, grabs a kendo stick, and, and breaks it over his back. Like you see the welts and everything. You no, know, Grayson Waller got fucking owned. And then also, I saw that bit because that's when that was the end of the match where Gargano got the best out of Waller and beat him. And this match looked crazy. It it kind of reminded me of the Mox Omega unsanctioned from Full Gear. I would have said Janela but like, Omega, but all right. It, but it's like at least more toned down because you know you got to keep it like toned friendly. No, the fuck it wasn't. What do we toned down? This well, <laughs> compared to Mox Omega, but Mox always bleeds. I mean, outside of like, I would compare it to Janela Omega because Janela Omega did not get bloody, but it did get physical. Yeah. But there wasn't thumbtacks, obviously. No, no, no. It had everything else, though. Like, literally, this match, table spots, candle spots, uh, ladders, chairs. The welts as they were, like, no. developing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not undercutting it. I'm just saying that there's... they WWE has found a way to do a, quote-unquote, AEW unsanctioned match their way and still make it look brutal, which yeah. is great fucking execution. You don't want to do copy somebody and make it look worse, but they make it look good. Like uh, the last match like that I saw was uh, during the pandemic was um, Sheamus versus Drew, and they had welts all over their fucking backs. Like that shit was crazy. So like these motherfuckers were literally whooping each other's ass. Yeah, but they're they're boys, so it's like ah oh, fuck it. Well you know just drink it afterwards. Like true. Uh, True warriors of the past. And if you guys haven't been watching Celtic Warrior workouts on YouTube... Yo, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've watched them since, the, like, the beginning, but I can't watch a full 40 minutes of it. Unless I'm working out with them. It's a workout video. Like, it's literally it's a training yeah. video. So, like, 
I can't watch a work like I love the conversations they have, but if I'm gonna watch a workout video, I wanna work out. So yeah, I just watch the YouTube shorts of them because I'm curious on their answers. Right, because you just want to hear the questions, like you want to hear the interview segments. Yeah, right? but the actual workouts, I do want to see them. Uh, the Liv Morgan one looked funny. The AJ Styles one was really good. Plastic one for a couple of years ago. The Dominic one was a whole joke. Yeah, because it's Dom. Uh, fuck, the, the the Becky Lynch one looked pretty cool. So, I mean, again, Sheamus has got something going on here. So it's two of them like fitness. Yeah, it transpires sports entertainment and goes into the mainstream. Yes. All right, who's next? Main next, event? we have the women's tag match. Oh, okay, so what's in the women's tag match? This is uh, it's uh, Alba Fire and future ex-wife Isla Dawn. Okay, Alba Fire is a Scottish one, right? No, Isla is. Isla's Scottish. So what's Alba? English? Well, or wait, Welsh? what is Kaylee Ray? I completely forgot. Kaylee Ray is Alba Fire. Yeah, but where is she from? I completely forgot. Bro, I'm gonna just Google this shit. Uh, oh, they're both Scottish. There we go, the Scotsmen, two Scotswomen's. Sorry. Yes. Oh, they're both Scot, but one has like clown, sexy clown makeup, sort of. That's Isla. That's Isla. Yeah, and Alba Fire, red hair. Yeah. Dead giveaway. See, I know of Kaylee Ray because I was watching NXT UK and she was amazing. Yes. Uh, Isla Dawn, I didn't know of her like that. She wasn't NXT UK, but she was more of a secondary character in that. Yes. Show. And here she's more of a main character. Because she's already seasoned by the time she came over to the U.S. You're damn right. Mm-mm. So they're the defending women's tag belts? They won the belts off of Fallon Henley and Keanu James, who just beat uh, Carter and Chance at the last NXT Which show. Which is crazy, because uh, no, nothing against... Uh, can you say their names again? Uh, Not Isla Dawn and Alvire, the ones previously. Uh, Keanu James and Fallon Henley? Fallon Henley was a girl that was Tessa Tessa something on AEW Dark. She didn't get signed, ended up at NXT. Now, you can see the difference in what a developmental system does. She had more character development in NXT, where she was just doing matches in Dark. This is the beginning of AEW, like 2019. Yeah. And her growth has been amazing to see her come out of her shell. And really show that she got, she has it. Because she has the look, obviously. But I didn't know she had the depth. And this proved me that she really has grown. Because she's been there over a year. And she's been on every Twitter post from NXT. She's been consistently featured on things. So, you know, props to her. And Cora Jade. People forget that. Another AW alum who was um, Elena Black. The gothic girl on, on the AW Dark before she got picked up at NXT um, from WWE, so a lot of these young girls are, are blooming in the NXT, and I'm glad that NXT's uh, developmental is working for creating stars. Right, and that's all we want at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I want a healthy wrestling world where everybody is growing and able to grow and fit and find work, and these girls went and to WWE, which is very highly competitive, and have stood out. So props to them for the growth over the last year or two. So so now the new champions of the Scottish women. Yes. The badasses. Yes. Who's next? Who do you yeah. think is going to take them off them? Because they're going to hold it for a while, to be honest. Yeah, like, honestly. Here's my prediction. Okay. Since they're both in their late 20s, early 30s, I don't know which is which. I know one's late 20s and one's early 30s. 
they're going to get called up to the main roster by next Mania. So I think their last takeover, they're going to put over a tag division, tag team on their way out if they hold the belts for a year, theoretically. Mm. Not to say the belts can't switch, but if they do hold it till next Mania, who do you think should take them off? I I don't know because like the way the match ended with uh, Henley and James, because they were also escorted by Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs, they didn't want to interfere on their behalf. So like that entire storyline is going. So I I honestly don't know yet. I want to see like more progression. Yeah. More title defenses from them to see if like there's anyone in the current crop of NXT to possibly take the titles from them. Well, they got a full year to find out. Maybe maybe a maybe an odd pairing or like a brand new tag team takes over. That that's you put over and away out. All right. So what's the next match? The main event. Ron Breaker versus Christian Casanova. I mean, Carmelo Hayes. <laughs> Christian Casanova from Framingham. No, from Worcester. Framingham. Uh, oh, he is from Framingham. Yes. Okay, from Framingham, who wrestled in the Worcester circuit, wrestled the Ring of Honor. He was the same dude we saw there, but got bigger in WWE physically. And I just got to say this. Him being from Boston, coming out in Lakers gear. That's the thing I don't fucking get. But why the fuck you in Lakers gear if you're a Boston? Okay, I will give him a slide because he did have a number eight on oh, his Oh, it was type. a tribute to Kobe. Yes. That I respect. But again, it's like, usually you only see people in Lakers colors if they're New Yorker, tran- New York transplants to live here. Yeah. It's usually the people from, the, from New York who come through and they... Wear Lakers colors, which is whatever. I mean, it did take place in the state crypto.com arena. The, the former Staples Center. Yes. So the theme fit. He wants to be the GOAT. Kobe's the GOAT. Yes. I completely get it. So I respect it because of the... And they even had the Lakers logo fucking with Carmelo Hayes. That's not that shit. Yeah. Listen, I'm like, all right, this is cool. But I'm like, let never forget where the fuck you're from, bro. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> his mania gear better be Celtics colors. That's all I'm going to say. Absolutely. Oh man, if he comes out during Mania in Philly in Lakers gear, you gotta get booed. Or Celtics gear in Philly. Oh my god. They'll think it's Eagles gear. Hmm? They'll think it's Eagles gear because of the colors. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this match, I gotta watch because I haven't watched it. Um, main event, Braun Breaker finally loses the title after yes. a full year as the NXT champion. Yep. Um, and not only that, when he lost, he took the belt from the ref and handed it to Carmelo. That's good. He was being he was being the benevolent loser. Yep. Until for, he turned for heel. now. <laughs> Until he turned heel two nights later. And now he's gonna cut uh, math promos where chainmail and dice go tea blonde. You'll yes. see. Yes. Let's just hope he doesn't behave like his father did. Nope. Take your uncle's cue. Your uncle never said anything crazy. I mean, he did, but he yeah. never said anything crazy on record. Yes. <laughs> Man, that whole story was wild. But okay, so NXT sounded great. Shawn Michaels is doing his thing. Yeah, like honestly, this would be the right time to get into at least watching the pay per views because for NXT. it's a fresh start. Yes, I mean I want to be there live for Battleground. It, in our hometown, oh, but not home, close to our hometown, Lowell, Mass. At the songs and my home college, my I'm a martyr, the Songus Arena. And if I don't go to Vegas to see Double or Nothing, I'm definitely gonna go to Lowell. Yeah. Same venue we saw Ring of Honor too. Yeah. So that'll be good to see because I mean, again, Hayes is gonna get a hometown pop. Like, oh, he better come out in Celtics gear for that. That might be the one where he should come out in Celtics gear. I wonder which player he would rock. Probably. Come on, you know exactly which player. Tatum. Tatum. 
If it ain't Tatum, it's going to be... Uh, Russell. Yeah. So, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I'm conflicted, man, because, again, I have to see how my funds look like. But if I am low funds, you'll see me in low. If I have a lot of money, I'll be traveling. It just comes down to yeah. money management on my end. Like, my friends feel so conflicted about, like, either going to Battleground or watching Double or Nothing because they're happening at the same time. The exact same time. And that's where I'm like, yo, it's Double or Nothing weekend. That's going to be a huge show. And I know a lot of things going to happen that I, I hate to miss. And again, if NXT were happening any other night, any other fucking night, even Sunday, I would have gone. Yeah. But I hate when they do this shit because it's like, oh, man. And it's going to continue. So uh, this is like the, again, I don't want to call the the Monday Night Wars or Wednesday Night Wars. This is counter-programming, but it's it's the fact that it's in our, how often do we get pay-per-views nearby? We don't. We don't get that many. We got Supercard of Honor. NXT came here in 2018. No, we got Death Before Dishonor. Sorry about that. We got Death Before Dishonor last summer. We got NXT twice in 2016 and 2017. And that was it. That's three shows. And we were supposed to get SummerSlam, but... We were were supposed to get... Listen, before AEW was a thing, we were supposed to get SummerSlam in Boston, the TD Garden, NXT TakeOver, which is the card I was looking more forward to, in, I'm assuming, the same venue. They were all going to be the Garden. No shit. This was before they moved SummerSlam to stadiums. Oh, that's right. And now it's stadiums, which kind of like pisses me off because, let's be honest, if we ever get one in, in Foxborough, it's going to be a shit show. Absolutely. Like, it's going to be impossible to get out. they got to put a train line there, Spider-Man. They can't be doing this shit. Like, they do have a train. Then why is it always still hell? Do you want to know why? Because, like, because this is what I took when I went to go see The weekend. Yeah. That train legit only runs through, like, the last one runs at 6. That's too early. The first That's 6 p.m.? Yes. That's ridiculous. Like, I had to take, like, a 331 from Lawrence to Boston, then to South Station, hop on that one at 4, because that was the last one of the night. Dude, that's a lot of traveling. Yeah. It's but a, it was for the it, weekend. It was the weekend. And how often are you going to build your memories? You're, and you had great seats on top of that, so... Yeah, upgraded the second row. The man looked me dead in the face. Dude, that's... That, that, you can't top that. No, I can't. All right, so that is the end of that card? Yes. So it sounds like a really good... I mean, NXT is cooking some shit, so I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. Like, listen, I'm not trying to be negative here just because I don't watch a program. I mean, I don't watch Impact, but I know it's doing well. Yeah. There's just too much godforsaken wrestling out there. Exactly. And really good wrestling, too. And that's a good thing. It's like not even bad wrestling. It's like like trending on Twitter wrestling. That's that's you know it's good when it's trending. All right, so uh, in that case, we move on to the next one, which is Super Card of Honor. And this one, I thank God, I have the card on hand because I took a screenshot of Meltzer's uh, rating. I'm not going to pay attention to his rating because yeah. I'm going to get my own rating. Um, he's a, a fair – I guess he's pretty fair or pretty tough. Uh, but uh, I think we're going to be a little bit more lenient. First match in the Zero Hour, Jeff Cobb versus Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams. <laughs> it, it wasn't Hot Sauce here, but apparently in the first ROH show, they called him Hot Sauce. Like, Nature Boy or Jungle Boy, like, his name is Hot Sauce, Tracy yeah. Williams. I know of Tracy Williams. I've seen him before. Um, him and Jeff Cobb had a decent match. What do you thought about it? 
It was like a good opener. Exactly. It was like it was a good like okay, we're starting off pretty good, you know, pretty solid. Jeff Cobb's a fucking tank. The guy's a damn juggernaut, right? My the time. more I see Jeff Cobb, the more that makes me want to start watching Lucha Underground. The fact that you haven't as a mandal of cinema, you would love it because it's shot cinematically. I know. And it's like, it's the reason why I like Wrestling Society X. Very similar concept. Yep. I think they got it. Where is it even streaming? What, Wrestling Society X? No, I'm, uh... If you want to know where Wrestling Society X is on, it's on Paramount Plus. Because Paramount owns it. Oh, yeah, because it's MTV. And you can watch Seth Rollins before he was Seth Rollins. You can watch a bu- uh, Van Beetle. There was a bunch of... He, Van Beetle was my favorite at the time. But he was, like, the most over guy in the company at the time. Uh, Versus Society X only last, like, two seasons. But it was... Uh, Scorpio Sky was on there. As, yeah. As a baby. Uh, you know, he was, like, 19 or 20 or something. So That's how I got introduced to uh, Jack Evans. That's right. Jack Evans was a big... Uh, he was actually Rollins's... No, oh, no, he wasn't. He was in a different tag team. Sorry. Uh, the now excommunicated Joey Ryan was his tag team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 70s team, I think they were called. Yep. Because that 70s show was... Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel and Jack Evans, right? Yeah. There we go. They make sense. They actually both are pretty flippy guys. Um, But yeah, let's start it off. So Jeff Cobb, Tracy Williams, decent match. Uh, Nothing that really, like, stands out, but it is is more of a building up Cobb's... uh, Cobb's. Jeff Cobb to look like a beast. Okay. Next match. Kanoski Takeshka. Versus Willie Mack. This was fun. Yes, for real. Talk about two different styles. Willie Mack, Lucha Underground veteran, Impact veteran, AAA veteran. His style is everywhere. But he gives me, like, old man energy in a good way. Like, he's got that, like, uncles playing dominoes, you know, sipping a beer in the corner look. Like, he just looks... Him and Eddie Kingston have that vibe. They ha- Yeah, they have that natural, like, your deal at the cookout. Just, you know, but he's ready to fight whenever. Like, he's just yeah. like... Give me a glass of coquito. Don't yeah. make me ask you twice. And he'll just drink the mamahana straight and not even <laughs> flinch. That's the kind of guy Willie Mack. He got hair in his chest and it grows more luscious than mine. I mean, he is a man. Him and Kanosuke, who's like the young... I don't want to call him a young lion because apparently that term is strictly for new rookies. He is a young superstar in the making. A young Jaguar. Well, I mean, he's going to be up there. I would say him beating Cassidy for the international championship would make sense uh, but down the road. Not now. Give it about a few months. But, uh, but yeah, Sakeshka and him had a banger match. Um, I personally gave this match a three and a half because it was very speed-based, Matt, Matt had... It, they had everything you wanted in a match. And Willie Mack looked great. And did he tweak his knee in this match? Or was that just, like, you know, him, like, uh, selling well? I think it was just part of the selling. Because he was trying to kip up, but it was part of the story that got him to him slipping up that way, caught him to lose. So I'm like, okay, so either this is genius coincidence or they planned it out this way because, you know, Willie Mack is a larger guy. So it wouldn't make sense that his body weight gave up on a, on a damn acrobatic-ass kip up. So... And by the way, so apparently there was a debate online whether it's nip up or kip up. Apparently it's interchangeable. There's no actual right or wrong answer. So I'm like, fucking A. All right, that, that answers it. That's why you hear it used interchangeably. Uh, next, well, I'm sorry. What did you get the match? Same rating? or? Yeah, roughly, I would say, like, they're very... Given your, your honest rating, it's your... Yeah, they're just, like, 
three and a half, like, solid, just to, like, warm up the crowd before they so officially go live. If you're, if anything, the zero hour is slowly ascending. Yeah. Which is actually a great pace. Next match is Willow Nightingale versus Miranda Alizé. Listen, I love Miranda Alizé. I love Willow Nightingale. But what I love more is Patrice Coleman <laughs> singing along like a 70s DJ from DVR, like, clap your hands, everybody. Like, he was just there rapping to Willow Nightingale's music. Mind you, they debuted Nigel McGillis, uh, McGinnis. Uh, for commentary, like, yes, Nigel's all elite. Yes. He's there with Patrice. He's there with Ian, Ian Riccaboni. Riccaboni. And Riccaboni and Patrice are feeling Willow's music. And you know Nigel. He's very English, very reserved. He's like a Simon Cowell of commentary. Very stoic gentleman. He's watching these two guys just vibe into Willow's really infectious music. And um, and then comes in Miranda Alice, the Mucha Baddie. She better get picked up for Ring of Honor ASAP. She mm-hmm. is so good. And I know, she, I know she was on Dark as well years ago. The same class, mind you. She was, people don't, if you haven't watched Dark like I have, like I've watched all of Dark, she was in the same class as Alexa, uh, Ale- Alex Gracia, Cora Jade, who was, was Al- Elena Black back then. Um, Tesha, what was her last name? Tesha was now also NXT. Like, these girls are all in the exact same class. And um, the fact that she stayed consistent in the, and, and she's getting picked up for Ring of Honor, that's good. Like, I hope she actually gets a contract and ends up... Because it, it's funny how people don't know this. There is a tier system. Like, you get a top... Uh, you get four tiers, and the first tier is, like, tryout session, and then you get All Elite. I mean, Sky Blue just became All Elite this yeah. week. She's been there two fucking years. Yeah, like, ever since... 2020 or 2021. Yeah, because she was always doing like dark matches, and then they brought her into the uh, battle royal. Let's be honest, she has the look. She, you need somebody who's young, and she was improving in the ring. On top of that, but she has the looks, she has the moves, she's got style, she's got flair. <laughs> no, but I'm glad she got picked up. Congrats! And um, again, I want I want Alize to get the same treatment eventually. But you know, we gotta be patient because this has gotta build. Um, this match was okay. I'm not gonna say it was amazing, but it wasn't exactly bad. I would give it a three to five. Yeah, I would say a lot. Like, definitely get Willow sort of like Kurt Angle. Like, once she drops her straps, she like, is Kurt Angle, Mark Henry, and fucking who else is a big beast in in the old days? You can Batista. Like, she just had the pounce. Money right? Brown. Money. She has literally the Keith Lee pounce on lock. And it looks more devastating because the girls are so much tinier that she's always facing. So now all we need is like someone. We need her to like yeet someone into the crowd. Could could Miranda Alize beat her Adam Cole? <laughs> I hope so. Maybe you start a rivalry there. Okay, so that was pretty cool. And you know what? Again, Willow is so over. I have one buddy who hates Willow, but he's such a nihilist. He only likes heels really and likes people that are very serious. But I'm like, dude, but you like the Dark Order? He's like, yeah, they're funny, but. Then why don't you like Willow? He's like, she's too much like a, um, what's that show on the Cartoon Network? The Gems. Steven Universe. Oh, right, right. She feels too much like a Steven Universe character. I'm like, well, that's because we're just seeing babyface Willow. Remember, her name is Willow Nightingale. <laughs> and that text and like, pop and, like, metal. Like, she's got the bad side of her. She just hasn't shown it to us just yet. All right, next. every pair of black boots is tiny pink socks. Bro, no lie. 
when I found when I saw her in Dynamite with the fucking uh, platinum boots, I was blinded, blinded because that not with the year we went together, though previously, because I was up three rows. That shit with the the way the light reflected right in my eyes. It was it was blinding. Glitter gear really hurts my eyes. Next up is Stu Grayson single match versus Slim J. Again, nothing to cry about. It made Stu look good. Slim J's Slim J. Um, I feel like they could have put a better match. Yeah, like, both these guys are veterans. Both of them. Yeah, like Slim J, Impact veteran. Stu Grayson, a Ring of Honor veteran, and an AEW veteran technically. At this point, and he's back again, and um, I think they were not trying to outdo anybody because they were on the zero hour. Yeah, they kind of just went right to the nightfall. Boom, boom. Now it's time for the main card <laughs> because uh, you know we got we're way off from the main event. Uh, let's see here. We have El Hijo de Vikingo versus Commander. This should have been seven stars. These guys were fucking going nuts. My dude, like, okay, I am so happy that Vikingo's finally getting, like... Recognition? Yes. After years, because of COVID. He would have been here sooner be, prior to COVID, so things happen. Um, Commander, I just discovered through a dynamite and a ladder match. Like, Yeah, the face of the revolution. Yo, everybody was like, who is this dude? He's amazing. And um, they're like, he's Commander. I'm like, yeah, but I've never seen him in Triple Mania. He's got to be a new guy, like a new young guy, because this guy... He is the only guy who makes Ray Phoenix's shit look better. I'm going to say it. Like, not well, not his wrestling. I'm saying the tightrope walking that Ray Phoenix does. He does it the whole way, and he bounces off the ropes and does the ricochet shooting star. Like, this guy is a beast. Like, literally, he feels like a video. Like, how you were saying earlier about Dragon Lee. Both of these two felt like... All the stuff you would do in, like, a pop-up toy ring yep. with action figures. Yeah, like, and he makes it look effortless. I, I gotta say, like, the moment when the table would not break. Bro, I made a comment. Those gotta be Japanese tables because there's no way they didn't break. And um, that shit hurt. <laughs> Let's be honest. That shit hurt. Hurt me. Like, and then Commander almost ate shit and had his head hit the fucking ladder, the, the, the stairs. The stairs right there in the, in the corner, like, that stage was too close to the ring. It should have been more far back. I don't know if there was a space issue, but it was just like, whoa. But this was a hot crowd for a crowd that was here for Mania. Yeah. And mind you, it could have been a hotter crowd if it was a hardcore fan base, but it was mostly people who were there for Mania. And not only that, but, like, think about the people who didn't go to this because they were going to SmackDown. That's right, because it was the same night. Mm-hmm. There was too many shows. GCW had a show, I think. They had, like, four shows. <sighs> they had... Oh, you can get the whole thing for, like, 16 bucks a fight. Well, 16-plus signing up for Fight Plus. For the year, right? It's like, 100, yeah. 100 bucks for the year sounds... No, 50 bucks for the year, I think it is. Which is not bad. 50 bucks for the year. And limited pay-per-views, I'll take it. But I'm not going to pay for that just now. Um, so next up, we got... Uh, the Embassy versus uh, A.R. Fox, Metalik, and Christian uh, Blake Christian. Yeah. This is for the six-man belts, yep. not the trios belts, the six-man belts. Um, one of the only belts that didn't get a redesign, huh? I know. It's the ugliest belt, too, like, period. It's the ugliest belt I've ever seen for any brand. And I wish they redesigned it. But they redesigned on the fly with no major announcement or fanfare the woman's belt. The men's heavyweight and the pure championship belt. 
And for some reason, the six man did not get a redesign. Was it by design? Because they don't know who they're gonna put the belt on afterwards. No, probably. It's because at this point there was rumors of Brian Cage leaving AEW. If he lost, it would have been right to SmackDown, Raw, whatever. Like he was gonna go over to Titan Towers and right across the street at Mania and sign over there. But it seems like he's staying, right? I mean, he did. He kept the belts, and he was not under contract. So I think he might have signed a new contract. So he probably weighed his options. And after all the news that happened, I think he made the right decision. Yes. And we'll get to that eventually. Um, this match between the Embassy and Air Fox and uh, Christian and, and Melalik, it was above average for me. It wasn't terrible. It had good spots. It had great work. It's just weird that they kind of put a random trio to face the embassy who's already established. Yeah, like, I honestly thought this would have been the perfect time for Dalton Castle and the boys. This is where Dalton Castle and the boys should have lost, because they would have given him a pay-per-view check. But, you know, I'm not the booker, I'm just the guy here. Like, d- besides Dalton and the boys and the embassy, there are no more established Ring of Honor trios. Like, there's no other trio. I mean, Shane Taylor's back in Ring of Honor, right? Mm-hmm. So, Khan, sadly, is in the embassy now. Khan was one of his boys in Shane Taylor promotions, so... You got to bring back the other two guys. Moses, and I forgot the other guy's name. Sorry to say. But bring those two back, and then boom, you got another trio. You need more of them, because you can't have a belt. You can't have a you can't have a division that's only two teams. It makes no sense. Or two established teams. So unless AR Fox, Middle League, and Blake Christian stay together, which I hope they do, because even though they're all different, they all kind of like work well together. Um, I, Again, it's a wait and see. Ring of Honor is building from scratch all over again, and they are bringing back... Oh, wait, didn't they bring back uh, Dutch and uh, Vincent? Yeah, at the end of this match. No, at the end of the tag match, Yes, which we'll get to. So uh, what do you give this match? I give it a three. I would say like a 2.75. That's fine. Again, I'm right here. Because to... like it just seemed like a rap filler epi- Yeah, it seemed like a filler episode of uh, something. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have Athena. I love Athena. Like, let me just stop and say, I love Athena. I've loved Athena since she was in NXT. And not even just an attraction thing. I love her personality. I got to meet her at PAX. She is just a loving... She loves the sport so much. And she wrestles like a badass. And ever since everyone gave her shit, she turned up those heel tactics even more. And, um, yeah, her going against... Who was this? Uh, Yuka Sakazaki? Uh, yeah. I, I like Yuka, but she wasn't ready for a title shot yet. No, this, again, also felt like a filler. It felt like a filler, but it also felt like a strong match for the women's division because Ring of Honor hasn't had established feuds, so at least the story was there. Right. Through Elevation and Dark and Rampage. I'm just wondering, where's uh, Mercedes? Martinez is out on injury. Santana's out on injury still. He posted a picture, rest in peace, to his mom who just passed away. I know that feeling. All, I know that feeling all too well, and um, he'll be out for a while still. We don't know. He might be back by summer or maybe sometime in the fall. But it's been over a year. Then again, it was an Achilles. Event. Yeah. So when Woods was out, how long was he out with that same injury? A year? Like about nine to twelve months. So give it about the same time difference. And also Santana's younger than Woods by like ten years, so yeah. he probably heals faster, so you never know if he's 
for healing right now as we speak. But with the tragedy that happened to his family, I'm pretty sure he wants to grieve. So he's probably yeah. out for that reason. Um, but yeah, this match again, it was filler, but at least it was a like story based story based stuff. Not the not about the the, the in ring. We're not doing the cage seats here. This is strictly you're finally making Ring of Honor nothing like before it was just matches. Now it's matches with stories, which is where that's equal to show. Uh, next up here we have Samoa Joe, the then TV champ, <laughs> the then <laughs> the TV champion. TV heavyweight, they call it the heavyweight television champion, right? I believe so, yeah. So it doesn't feel like a TV championship like the NWAs. It feels like it holds weight. Like you're not the world champion, but you are the television champion. So that means it's like, like it's a silver medal for the company. Like it, it means something. Yeah. Like it's almost like escalating to. Okay, after you get this, you can, like, rank up and go to the next tier. It's like the Intercontinental for WWE, right? Like, that kind of prestige to it. Um, but also, another belt that... It's another belt that didn't get uh, redesigned. It still has that old ROH logo on it. Which, I don't know. I think they were slowly changing belts. They probably ran out of time, considering the time constraints they had. The fact that they had the World Heavyweight Championship and the Pure Championship and the Women's Belt... Oh, yeah, and Athena retained. I should have said yeah, that yeah. something. She retained. Um, of course she did. She's Athena. She's going to have that belt for a few more months before somebody big takes it off her. And my guess, it's going to be either Sky Blue, right? Hear me out. Either Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, because they're currently in the top feud on the Dynamite on AEW. So they already are established on television. It's not going to be somebody underneath. It's going to be somebody who can hold the belt but they're not quite ready for the AW or the TBS championships, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I would say between Sky Blue, maybe Riho, maybe Yuka at a second shot, because she's been in AW for a few years now, in and out, but she's been there. Or the, the, or even maybe Mercedes beats her for it. Maybe Mercedes returns and takes it off her. Definitely. And we're speaking about Mercedes Martinez, people. Just to clarify, there's two yeah. more, There's two famous Mercedes in wrestling. I have to clarify. Martinez was the Ring of Honor World Championship before she got hurt. And Athena was the one who took it off her. So it wouldn't yeah. be a nice storybook ending if Athena loses it to the person she took the belt off to begin with. Yeah. I mean, have they confirmed Death Before Dishonor yet? I mean, it's not going to be in Boston. I mean, can you imagine if we get it again? <laughs> but it was summertime, right? That's usually yeah, it was middle um, summer. They're going to get Ring of Honor and has three pay-per-views. They've already always only had three, from what yeah. I understand. Devil for Dishonor, Supercard of Honor, and Final Battle. And Final what's it called? Final Battle. Final Battle is their quote unquote WrestleMania. I always thought Supercard was their main. That's the thing, because it sounds like it would be their final I mean, maybe it's maybe since they have three pay per views, they're all treated equally. We're, makes sense. we're basing this off a different company. It's not exactly works the same. It, um, but yeah. Um, so Final Battle would be... Final Battle would be next, right? No, Final Battle's end of the year. So next would be Death Before Dishonor. And then Final Battle would be the, literally December-ish. Yeah. Alright, that makes sense. Okay, so next match up here. As I go through my notes, my phone keeps locking. I, just, I put a new password and forgot. Okay, here we go. We have Hiroshi Tanahashi... The ace of a of, of New Japan in Ring of Honor facing Daniel Garcia, who how somehow his new gimmick is I love Jodeci and being light skinned. 
and he called out Tanahashi. Like, you don't just call it the GOAT. But this was a fun match. It wasn't a crazy athletic match. And Tanahashi is older in age and not moving as agile. His sling blades, I'm not going to say it, don't look the same like he used to. Um, but he kind of has like a Frankenstein. He probably had back surgery, right? And he had to. I know he's got false teeth because at the end of the match, you saw them fly yeah. out. Um, what did you think of this match? I I definitely like the whole, like, you know, old guard and, like, this new up-and-comer. Would you compare this to this, a Sting match or a uh, Minoru Suzuki match? I would say, like, Sting technique, but a Minoru Suzuki delivery. Yeah, because it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't the best match on the card. I think Tanahashi's just playing his greatest hits like Hogan was. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. He's not he's not phoning it in. But it is like you can tell Tanahashi's winding down. Yeah, it's kinda like how I feel about Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, Dustin Rhodes is at least is retiring soon. So Tanahashi's in his mid forties. He probably wants to go another 10, 15 years. Which is gonna be rough if he moves this pace. I hope he gets I hope he takes care of his body. Because I can see Tanahashi as a manager in New Japan, a host, uh, quote-unquote, uh, commentator, something like that, which he does commentary on, on occasion. But, um, or even as a coach would be awesome, like, running his... Like, and definitely use them, definitely use your ace as, like, that specialty sort of thing. Like, which is what they've been doing, which is good. Look at how they took care of uh, Liger. Yep, similar to Liger, how they took care of him. And, um, but yeah, Tanahashi still looks decent. Again, he looks great, phenomenal shape. I'm not going to take that away from him. But he's moving a little bit like, it's like seeing your heroes get old, right? You just, yeah. It's just you're realizing we all end up getting old eventually. All right, next up we have here is the Reach for the Sky, boy. Bah, bah, bah. Ladder match dedicated to Jay Briscoe. Uh,. Rest in peace. And then this is how many people in this fucking ladder? Five tags. Good God. This is another. So both companies had a similar match here. Yeah. But except the one in Ring of Honor didn't go as planned. No. Poor Dante's foot looked like Daffy Ducks or a cartoon characters, like si full on sideways. Oh, I saw people putting it side to side with a SIDS. And let's just say Dante Martin did not need to take this fucking. Canadian Destroyer off two stacks of table. But funny enough, when he when this happens to Nick or Matt Jackson, they go out unscathed. So there, there's got to be a trick to how to align this thing correctly. I think Dante was just under... It shouldn't have happened. No. I think a crossbody, a powerbomb would have been enough to get, you know, powerbomb through two tables that looks... In, or even a splash, but a Canadian Destroyer like this was... And mind you, again... Too close to the, to the stairs by the stage. This is a small venue. It looks sold out on screen, yes, but the stairs are right there. So if it wasn't that, he was going to hit his head on the damn stage. It was that close. It just looked like an arena. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a difference between, like, an arena and, like, a stadium. It wasn't quite Songus. It was more like the BU. Not even the BU. That's even bigger. Like, think Mer Merrimack or something. Like, think yeah. like a high school arena. Like, it was big, but not crazy big. And, um, I mean, again, all things aside, this is for the tag, no, tag belts, right? Yes, the new tag belts. So it's Top Flight, Lucha Brothers, The Kingdom. Yep. 
Uh, I'm missing some. Uh, Los Ingobernables, or La Facción Ingobernable. Yep. And who's the fifth team? Was it, um, was it, it wasn't, oh no, it wasn't Dark Order, no? No, 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 it wasn't Dark Order. One. Aussie Open. Aussie Open, okay. Uh, why did I forget them? Those guys are awesome. Um, but yeah, Aussie Open, they did their shit, which is good. Um, they are New Japan Strong, or former New Japan Strong uh, tag champions. They've literally wrestled around the world. But their biggest highlight was wrestling in L.A. in front of Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> <laughs> On Twitter, one of them, I think it was Fletcher, was fangirling to the point, like, I can't believe I wrestled in L.A. in front of Vanessa Hudgens. Because he's <laughs> such a big high school musical fan. Yes, wrestlers have taste, people. They're not all just tough guys. They <laughs> They're not big, meaty men smacking meat. I mean, they are. But when they're home, they're watching their Disney Plus. Exactly. <laughs> um, but man, Lucha Brothers won this belt, well deserved, and new tag belts. They look fresh. I like the yes. design. It's I love the throwbacks for the Briscoes being on them, bro. That was the best thing ever. Tony Khan, you're going for that. He put Mark and Jay on the belts for the tag championships as like their like their uh, silhouettes. You can clearly tell it's Jay and Marks and Briscoe on it, and they're like, "Yep, this is it. This is this is how you become a legend." Yeah, and keep it on there. And these new belts look clean. They look like the old ones, but shinier, and the new logo on it, obviously. Yeah, and also let Mark keep those original ones. Those are old, anyways. Mark and Jay's belts are retired. They, sh- I'm glad that they saw this right away. They did not want to like, you know. Yeah. So that being said, man. Mark came out and hugged the Lucha Brothers in the end. Yeah. That was pretty dope. And also, uh, this is when we had the surprise. Of the Righteous. And funny enough, this is where things get interesting, people. The Righteous were already NXT, training to be part of the Wyatt Six faction with Bray Wyatt. But Bray Wyatt had a weird falling out because his shit has not been hitting in WWE. Listen, I'm not shitting on Bray. But that alcohol howdy stuff is not working for me. Neither it is for me. And I'm it s- did in the beginning when it was mysterious. Yeah. When you literally made Uncle Howdy a wrestler in the ring, but he wasn't a speaking role. He was just a figure. He was just Bo Dallas in a mask, obviously. It just felt kind of corny 90s WWE. Like Superstars era 90s uh, WWE. Not Attitude era WWE. Right. And Bray... Is on medical leave, apparently. He's just not feeling well. So is it mental health? I don't know. But somebody spotted him in L.A. on his pickup truck driving. Yeah. And they're like, Bray, why would you have mania? He's like, oh, it's tomorrow, brother. But it was already night one. So I'm assuming, I'm like, okay, so Bray goes on night two. No. Bray Wyatt was on the card for mania. And I'm like, this is so strange. So the Righteous came back to Ring of Honor, now owned by Tony Khan. And now they're there to Dutch and Vincent of the Righteous. Um, so I guess you're building the Ring of Honor brand all over again. Which, definitely, like, if you want to make the, the one thing I can say about Tony Khan is the tag team division is goaded. Yes. And you're giving Ring of Honor tag, and the good thing is, like, even though people are signed to exclusively Ring of Honor or AEW, they're, they, they jump between shows anyways. Like, you, Top Flight's been in Ring of Honor and in AEW, so like, yeah. It gives the younger guys a place to exist. That's what I like. And to hone their craft. Hone their craft. 
and I don't want to make comparisons, but it really is like AW's NXT. And um, I hope Ring of Honor's legacy continues, but we'll see if it becomes because again, it's not going to be the same level as AEW because they don't have a cable rights, they don't have the cable money. But it is the hardcore wrestling crowd, just like how NXT was a hardcore crowd for WWE. Right. So that makes sense. Next up, we have um, Katsuyori Shibata out of retirement. Crazy to say that today. And this man had his brain taken out of his head and put back in. That's intense. Versus Wheeler Yuta of the Blackpool Combat Club. For the pure championship. For the, for the brand new pure championship. Which looks very clean, very nice, and... And looks very pure. And also has Jay Briscoe on it, doing a J-Driller, I believe. Oh, I thought that was a tag team. No, but he's on the Pure Championship. Oh, he is? I believe so. Nice. I I gotta look it up. Now you're making me a liar if I say that out loud. Let me just... (laughs) I could have sworn he was on there, uh, because... No, it's just... I know they changed the design of it. It's It's not the same old... Um, the sign that they had back then. I mean, it looks similar, but it's not. Let's see. Let's look it up. R-O-H. Pure Championship. Let's see here. Images. Let's find him. The name is okay. I keep seeing the old one. I don't see the new one. Where is the new one? Uh, Oh, wait. I see the new one. Oh, it just has wrestlers on it. It just has like a generic wrestlers grappling. grappling. Uh, okay. Uh, no, but that's the old uh, World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, dang it. Did I put new? New Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Sorry for the delay, folks. As I should have been prepared. Anyways, that looks like a person sign. So, um, but yeah, it was a good, it was a good match. Um, pure matches are not my thing. Uh, nothing negative about pure matches. They're just straight up collegiate wrestling, which is not bad. It makes up some sports entertainment here. And not only that, it's safer for Shibata. It's a safer division for Shibata, who's not taking kicks to the fucking head. Who's not getting... Or headbutting. Or headbutting, or suplexing to the ring posts. It's strictly a match. It's like blood sport. Yeah. Very much similar style of blood sport. So, again, I don't want to compare it to blood sport. Blood sport is very MMA-based, so there is some hits here and there, but the Pure Championship is strictly a Greco-Roman style division in Ring of Honor. Only one of its kind, right? I don't think any other division. That was invented during the pandemic, by the way. That was literally a Jonathan Gresham thing, where he created a Pure Championship for, for the, I guess you can say technical wrestlers. Right? Yeah. I could definitely see a Zack Sabre Jr. holding this title. I could see Brian Danielson holding this title. He has held the title when it was originally introduced. I, I know you're saying that, yeah, yeah. but I'm saying like now. Yeah, yeah. Or I could see who else is a good technical wrestler in AEW. Angelico? Ooh. It would, if he's not, I mean, he's co- Spanish commentary now, but if he's going to be in the ring, it's, it's a division where he could fit right in. Uh, but yeah, um, this match was cool, but again, not my not my cup of Java. Uh, I don't knock it. Again, everyone's got their taste. I appreciate what it is, and but it's not very sports entertaining at all. It's it's very much like uh, catch wrestling. 
Yeah. If you like catch wrestling, that's what that's what that that belt is. Which I I'm just glad to see Shibata. Like you saw the look on my face at Forbidden Door when he came. Bro, I popped, and I don't know much about him. I mean, I did years ago, but like I haven't kept up with him in his life. And then somebody explained to me uh, prior to that what was going on with Shibata because it trended on online. I'm like, sheesh, man. And then to see him there, like, get the fuck out. This is crazy. Um, but yeah, so the main event here for the Supercard of Honor, Claudio Casignoli, the current Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, versus Eddie Kingston in what I considered a typical Claudio-Eddie match. Yeah, it felt like a brawl. A brawl, clash of styles. Um, it was okay. For a main event, it served its purpose story-wise. I'm not saying the match sucked, but the story helped because these guys have history dating back to Chikara, Old Ring of Honor. They even had footage from Chikara. I'm like, yeah, yeah Tony Khan's saying money left and right for footage. And, um, but it helped build the story that they had for years. They had literal shoot this thing for each other. But it made sense because Palladio expects more from Kingston because they used to be roommates. And Kingston was lazy about training, and Kingston was more of the everyman kind of kind of guy. He was a Terry Funk enthusiast. So he's like Terry Funk didn't look, you know, look jacked. He's like, and he was world champion. So I get what he's trying to get get at. Uh, but Claudio is your typical pro wrestler. Very yeah, like a workhorse. A workhorse, jacked to the gills, strict diet. But he's not really a drinker that I know of. He's very like not only he's clean cut. I don't say he's like sober, but he is. So strict on himself. Yeah. He'll he'd rather drink a cup of coffee than hold a cocktail. Or if anything, he would just have, like, straight-up vodka. Like, anything that wouldn't have, like, any refined sugar. That's the it. kind of person he would be. He'd just do straight shots or straight espresso. Mm. No milk and cream. Guys, old-school, hardcore, Swiss. But that's what it is. It's like, those guys are, like, tough. They're from the mountains, the Alps, right? So, like, he's always been... He is the pound-for-pound pound strongest wrestler that I can think of outside of Brock Lesnar that could lift up any man any size, like nothing. Yeah, definitely. So, Like, remember how he yeah. was at the uh, first Andre the Giant Battle Royal where he just picks up Big Show like nothing? Yep. That's crazy. Alright, so that does it for those two shows. Um, now we move on to Mania. I'm going to take a quick pause and yeah. we'll be right back after these messages by nobody because I'm not sponsored, but I just need to take a break. So you don't see the break, but we do on our end. Alright, so we're back from our little water break. Um, oh, snap. Night one of Mania. Yes. The best night in my opinion. Oh, I need a cigarette after this. Let's just cut to the chase. A lot of shit's happening in WWE with the new regime. Uh, night one felt like it was produced by Triple H. Night two felt like it was produced by Vince McMahon. 100%. But, from my understanding, everything that happened in the main event was already in the cards during the Triple H era. Yes. So he's taking the hit for this because that is his choosing. Granted. All that aside, well, let's just get there. We get there. Night one. What happened in night one? Night one, we opened up with Austin Theory versus John Cena. G.I. Joe Cena. G.I. Joe themed John Cena, which I want to Walking out with Make a Wish Kids. Listen, I didn't cover this in the Ring of Honor review. 
All right. The Samoa Joe match. We skipped over it. Jay Briscoe came out with his entire family. Yes. And lost. I have a story to tell about that, but I got to save it till the main event. Okay. And my God, that was brutal seeing that in Ring of Honor. And Samoa Joe retained the belt. Yeah. Um, brutal. Your kids are crying in ringside. Literally, one of his daughters crying to his other daughter's shoulder. Mind you, the Jay Briscoe has seven daughters. And that was heart wrenching. They're like, yo, Tony Khan was taking Vince McMahon notes. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that should have literally been a Jay Briscoe title change. Like, it should have gone to him, right? That's what I thought. Do you not agree or no? No. Really? Okay, go for it. Because I had, well, I'll bury the lead right now. I had a friend who got angry at the both the night two main event and that saying they both automatically deserved. And one brought up the case like he shouldn't have won immediately just because of Jade's passing. I feel like that's true, but also it builds a story because I know it sounds brutal, but now you can build up to where it's win for next year and it actually means something, which will be or even in a few months from now. Because yeah. he's just starting to become a singles wrestler. So Jay so Exactly. Marcus, so, just don't give him the title belt like right off the bat. You gotta build a villain. Smell Joe is on full on villain mode. It makes perfect sense. Alright, now back to Mania. Yes. Sorry, that was just some oversight. Some large oversight, because that was a really good, important match on the card. Uh, John Cena versus Theory. This was fucking ass. Yes. Um, Cena was folding it in. He did the ref bump. Theory did his... The best part of the match, I can do now, was Anderson's. Was Theory's, like, facing... Not the crowd, but the opposite. Just talking shit. The door's open, and you get you get the wrestler's perspective of the arena. Yes. Which is a pretty dope view. Like, oh my god, in this magnitude. And he turns around, and he goes in. Then Cena has a group of Make-A-Wish kids and matching G.I. Joe shirts and G.I. Joe Cena hats. So you think Cena's going to win this. Mind you, John Cena goes in wearing Kowloon-themed yes. Air Force Ones. The most towny shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Kowloon, if you don't know, is a very uh, Massachusetts staple in Saugus off of Route 1. It is a shitty ja- uh, shitty Chinese restaurant on purpose. <laughs> it is what I would consider like a Chinese tapas restaurant. You don't go there for the food. You mm. go there to get bombed and eat chicken wings and eat fucking teriyaki. You're not going there to like, enjoy a beautiful feast of like... And you talk about how Crystal from Revere will respond to your texts. Oh, my God. Saugus is literally the Vegas of Massachusetts. Or, <laughs> or it once was at one point. Until Encore opened. Until Encore. Now we have an actual casino there. And, uh, dude, let me tell you something. That place is, facade-wise, beautiful. Every pro wrestler that's meant anything to wrestling has eaten in Kowloon's. Mm. From Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Matt Cardona is always there because of his damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Like literally, see every all of them because they all go there after after SmackDowns and Raws to eat, or the day before I believe. I think I missed it one night when the SmackDown was here, um, the Thursday prior. Someone spotted Bailey and and, and uh, Bailey and Sasha at the t- uh, eating because they were you know just blending in because they yeah. were they didn't have their wigs on or makeup. They just looked like normal people. Uh, people forget that Mercedes Monet's actual hair is brown. Like she doesn't wear. 
flew outside of fucking work. That's just mm-hmm. a wig, a weave. But yeah, so that restaurant's got the wrestling heritage. Yeah. And he's wearing theme shoes, Air Force low, one lows, up, you know, like, and uh, that's not your typical Cena sneaker. Cena's more of a uh, uh, Reeboks pump, uh, yeah. Jordan wearing guy, but I mean, wrestling in lows of anything is a, I get props, because I don't even play basketball in low sneakers. I'm afraid I'm going to get my ankles broken. But yeah, that match was ass. It didn't make Theory look strong. Everyone thought it was sucked. But again, it's WrestleMania. It's not about the match. It's just about the story. But the story sucked too. They're trying to make him the legend killer, Randy Orton. (laughs) I've seen the story. And Austin is nowhere near Randy Orton's status as far as heel heat. No. Again. And now his gimmick is I beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Yeah. Wow. Like, it's so boring. Like, uh, I don't know who had that same gimmick. Carmella, when she cashed in her money in the bank and beat Charlotte. Yeah, there you go. All right, so what's the next match? The next match is the WrestleMania Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Showcase between Alpha Academy, Viking Raiders, Braun Strowman and Ricochet, and the Street Profits. This match, low-key fire. You want to know the crazy thing? How long do you think this match was? Eight minutes, right? Eight, 8.30 on the dot. This shit felt like 20 minutes, but a good, like a good 20 minutes. Yes. Because so much happened. Chad Gable is a beast of a man, suplexing big dudes. Dawkins knocking the fuck out of Braun Strowman. Yeah, he was just like, boom. Even Braun Strowman, like he was out, he, he was thinking out of it. Like, get, again, Dawkins lost some weight, so he's not as pudgy. He's actually looking more lean these days. He's trying to, like, look more main event. And he was a tackle in football. So he fucking tackled Braun Strowman when he does his Strowman Express. But no one expected him to knock him on his ass like he's a cruiserweight. Like, that was like, holy shit. Yeah, because you were just seeing him do his sort of juggernaut thing. And then all of a sudden, Dawkins was like, pow! It was like, surprise, motherfucker. And, like, you know, that took me out. And also, Ricochet, defining gravity once again with his shooting... He's giving Commander run for his money with the exact move, but he went high. Yes. And midair shifted to land a shooting star press on his feet. It was crazy. Um, commentary on this was on fire. Yes. Cole and uh, Titus O'Neil and bring Titus. Bro, listen, Corey Graves. I'm sorry, you you're trash. You're not a good commentator. You're or a good color guy. Bring Titus O'Neil on commentary. See, he was hyped he, watching. <laughs> Corey, swap out Byron. Yeah, you just... Corey just seems to, like... Uh, he's always tripping over his own words. Yeah. Like, say what you gotta say. Stop fucking being caught in a... If you don't got anything quick and clever to say, just don't say shit at all. Let Cole go off. Like, Cole... Michael Cole, since Vince has left, has been on the Mauro or Ronaldo MVP run. Yes. Where he's as excited for the product as the viewers, which makes the product better. And... This was a showcase for the men for the tag divisions, I believe. Yeah. With some established tag teams and some makeshift like Ricochet and Strowman. But damn, it was so good. I'd give a star fucking five stars. Give this match yeah. five stars. Like, it, it was, was so quick. It was so fun. It was, I think even Meltzer gave a shit a high rating, which is like hard for him to give. He gave three five stars in this WrestleMania. Yeah. I forgot which matches, but like. No, only two. Oh, only two. Because one of them got 4.75. Motherfucker. Well, the, you know, technicalities. Yeah. But um, 
But yeah, so that was quite a match. What's what followed this? What's after this one? Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Man, let's just say this build was not great, but it was But the match delivered. But the match fucking delivered. Even the entrances. Listen, the entrance was crazy. I saw a preview yesterday. And to be honest, um it was something of the the effects, right? Of watching the biggest superhero take down the biggest supervillain. Yes. Because we don't like Logan Paul for everything he stands for, but I respect him in the ring as a performer. Yes. Like, I don't give a shit of him as a person, especially as a Puerto Rican. I don't give a fuck about Logan Paul because I don't want him sucking the life force. He's just like the leech that he is in Puerto Rico, acting like he's a he's a Karen. He's just a fucking Karen. Like, yeah. don't come to the, our island acting a certain way and disrespecting our people. Like, he just... But then again, he also did charity work, but I don't know if that was just a PR stunt to make himself look good. Oh, like. absolutely. It's a PR stunt to distract from PR. Because his shit has been very fucking questionable. So, he moved it for boxing, but he really went there to avoid taxes. That's yeah. what it was. So, whatever. But as a wrestler, I gotta give it him. The guy can go, but... He can go in the way of a main event match. I can't see him going like a regular schedule. Right. But can we just talk about the entrances? My God. You got Met Gala um, looking like a, like Rihanna in the Super Bowl, Seth Rollins. Yes. With a conductor. With the audience singing his theme. Oh, no, no, correction. With the audience trying to be on beat. Yeah. <laughs> singing the theme. They had a pre-recording. And it looked great. And then Logan Paul with a zip line. He was rocking those X-Men colors like a fucking... Yes. Like, he looked crazy. Like, I want his action figure because it looks so cool. And let's just talk about the Prime model. The Prime placement. There was a physical human mascot Prime bottle, and people thought it was Jake at first. I thought it was Jake. I thought it was either Jake or George. Um, not Mike. Mike wouldn't do it. I don't think so. Uh, but definitely one of his guys or his podcast. Yeah. Lord behold that it was his business partner, KSI. <laughs> but some people legit, I saw, I was like, what's our truth doing here? Bro, KSI is not very popular in the States unless you literally live on YouTube or you're under 20 years old. I know of KSI because of the Sidemen stuff. Yes. And this shit, that shit just trends on my fucking feed, so it is what it is. I just like their like live-action Tinder thing. Man, these men are hilarious, but yes... KSI, he even gave the Scooby-Doo villain, like, you know. <laughs> I have that, like, screenshot. Dude, it's awesome. It's at the gift when it happened. And he took Rollins outside and was trying to do the selfie video as Logan does his signature selfie spot. Yes. But this time, not having to hold the camera. He could focus on the jump. Yep. Mid-jump, Rollins moves away, puts KSI in the way, and Logan five-star frog splashes his boy off the dress. table. Well, dressed as a prime, I mean, this honestly nearly... I was uh, sports entertained. Yes, I was about to say that it nearly tops the uh, Sami Zayn hand. Yes. My God, the, the jackass uh, death match from last year. This was so good, and it was better than it should have been. Because, again, it's the sports... It's the it's the guest versus the homer, right? Yeah. It's the guy that thinks he can do it versus the guy that does it every night. Trying to prove something. Except one. But it made Logan look strong, which is good. Like, you know, Logan 
He says he doesn't know how much he has. Like, Logan says he doesn't know how much he has left. Like, he thinks that's all he got. But I think he has a couple left. I just feel like if he focuses more on wrestling, chain wrestling, and doing less spots, you can save some of the chamber for later. But that was his last contractual match. So we don't know if he's done or if he's, like, going to continue. But it, we got, I mean, backlash is in Puerto Rico. Oh. You know how much fucking heat he would get in that show? He's going to get booed out of San Juan. Like, it's going to be so bad. Um, but hey, we might get Bad Bunny. If it's Logan versus Bad Bunny, bro, they got real life beef, though. Because Logan trying to say Bad Bunny has property for regular boy taxes. Motherfucker, he's from there. Like, yeah. it's like, there's a difference, like, if someone was actually from the island having property there and somebody. Well, who, I already know Bad Bunny's probably main eventing Puerto Rico. He's, well, did he really get a shoulder separation on SmackDown on a Raw, or is that, like, just a storyline? Because mm-hmm. that choke slams are fucking rough. I think it might be storyline. All right, cool. Um, if if anything, he'll either host or he might wrestle Dom, which I hope it happens. Yes. Because of what happened on the Raw through Mania. We'll get there eventually. Uh, but yeah, this match, I'm going to give it a fair 4.5. I'm going 4.5 because it was so... I couldn't stop smiling. It was the epitome of... Uh, spot monkeys doing spot monkey shit, but I like this PWG type shit, so that it's in my you know alleyway. Like it is vintage Ring of Honor Rollins, and it, it just it's, it's it was very dynamic. There we go. That's what we're looking at. Dynamic wrestling. All right, yeah. what's next? Next, we have the six woman tag match between Damage Control and Milk Manor. I mean, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch. All right, the Mills versus... <laughs> yeah, I, I kept calling him Milf Manor. Listen, Trish and Lita being back, great. And they actually won belts. Didn't expect that to happen. Nope. But it gives them something to do. And you're kind of building a lineage with the tag belts, I guess. But this wasn't with the tag belts. This was just a six-woman nope. match. And again, Damage Control loses. Uh, when the fuck are they ever gonna win? They 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 look like dweebs with Bailey's lead, and Bailey wrote a cryptic message on Twitter, and nothing against the rumor mill because again speculation allegedly Bailey wants out. That's what I've come up with. She wasn't in the Raw Romania because of Vince McMahon randomly like a Tasmanian devil has been described. Ripping up all the scripts and kind of canceling four of the women gauntlet matches for the belts, which sucks. It sucks to be in that position. Bailey deserves better. She's one of the four horsewomen. She is a star wherever she goes and whatever she does. Exactly. So give her her respect there to be and do right by her. But they made her look like a geek. They made Damage Control. Damage Control has been buried in the water since they lost the belts to Lee Lost. That's just my opinion. I. Kind of feel like they haven't had like a dominant win no. in all of 2023. They haven't looked dominant since their SummerSlam debut. Right. And it's just like, what more? They feel like Team Rocket. No matter way to describe it. Yeah. Then who's the meow? Bailey? Yeah. Of course. Because she's mm. a lot of them. But no, seriously though, these women all are amazing wrestlers. And mind you, EO and. and and Dakota were going to head their way back to stardom. Yeah. Until Bailey convinced them to go back to WWE. And now, like, 
what's going to happen. Like, I want the best for them. I honestly do. I think at this point, they're better off as single stars. The damage control project didn't work for me. Did it work for you? I, I'm assuming it didn't either. No, because it just... Like, okay, you're taking time. Now give me something to be invested in. It was like they never got, like... They never got behind them. No. And that's what pissed off Bailey, I believe. And he props pissed. to Team Mill for their, like, awesome Sin City entrance. Oh, they look great. They look amazing. Trish with her throwback WrestleMania 21 gear she was rocking. Yep, I saw that homage. Um, and I guess, I guess Rosario Dawson was be- uh, Becky Lynch. From Sin City. Right. With the mohawk and all that stuff. And then, I guess, Lita was... They look great. I don't know what... Oh, I was just saying how the intro was very Sin City. But I think they picked a character from Sin City to be inspired by. Mm. But anyways, good match. Um, Wasn't a great match, but I'm going to give it a 3 to 5. I'm giving it a 2. Really? We got honest opinions here. See, people, we don't we don't sugarcoat shit. I mean, I, I was entertained. Actually, no, I kind of be honest with you. I got to say... Now let's take the three. I don't want to go tra- backtrack. What's next? Next is every Latino's like dream match: Ray versus Dom, Prison Dom. With the at this, what these the, two get my entrances of the night. Listen, Prison Dom came out in a paddy wagon with fucking big six big boss men. With like the Halloween Havoc throwback gear, mind you. With the mask on, he didn't look bad. He looked like the mask belonged in his face. And this is what I wanted from Dom. I wish he started off as a mask wrestler, took it off when he became a heel, and would have had more oomph. You know, like he's, yeah. never, he's never had, he never gained a mask. He did, he would always used to come to the ring with it when they were tag champs, but never like actually kept it around. I think the problem with that was we already know what Dom looked like because he was always in WWE as Ray's son. It's not like he went away, grew up, and put a mask on. He yeah. literally grew up on television live in front of us. But this match, I I went full Dominican while watching it because I immediately went, I gone you. Bro, the way that they had and, the oh, Eddie Guerrero music blaring before that ain't nothing but a G thing ain't nothing but a G thing because that's kind of playing through the theme because Snoop is the host Carlos with uh, The Miz he comes out with his lowrider Ray's on it with a Muda themed mask I found out it was Muda themed um, gear but it was like McDonald's colors (laughs) very Macho Man-esque or or Hogan-ish colors but he went in there with Diva la raza. Dun, dun, dun. The music a started. throwback because to some fans who aren't aware, Eddie's last mania match was against Ray in LA. So it had some meaning to it, which is pretty awesome. Ironic because they were both tag team champs at that time. Yeah. And just having like a nice tune up match. Yeah. And this match was everything I dreamed of as far as like Dom getting his. <laughs> Ass whooped by the belt. Bruh, the moment he took the belt off. You knew. I was just like. I. Like, I needed to get like a shot of Brugal. Where? I downgraded. I was like, literally like. Mire, venga, capenejo. Tu quieres jugar ese juego. 
conmigo. Vamos a huevazo. Bro, he got an ass serve, Mike. Clap. And the funny thing is, the match had a story. You had his mom and sister ringside. You yes. Had, you had, he threw her, her drink in her cup. I don't know who that dude was next to them. He looked like a family friend, I guess. He was just like ready to fucking snub Dom or something. But it, the heat was right. The match was good. Um, the end, Mysterio won. Apparently, there was supposed to be. Um, oh, wait, no. We did get um, Legado and like, what? Well, yeah. I guess the LFO, LWO coming out to support Ray because Judgment Day was intervening. So yes. Like, well, and um, it was a good fucking. Oh, and Bad B- Bunny was on commentary. Bad Bunny was on commentary. Which... Dom was about to cheat with a chain. Yes. But then he stole the chain off his hand. And that was pretty cool having Bad Bunny there. I I implore everyone go back just rewatch that match having Bad Bunny on commentary. Dude, that was fun stuff. But yeah, man, it 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 built up the the whole you know Puerto Rico having backlash thing. That's where it started at Mania. Yes, and they're doing it on Raw and SmackDown, I believe too. And it's just you know the whole story of Dom. So I'm assuming it's gonna be a tag match with Dom and Mysterio, with Rey Mysterio and Bad Bunny, and Dom and Damian Priest, also yes. also Puerto Rican. And it'll be like, you know, the Latin tag match of the night. I, you can main event the night with that. You can since main you're it. not getting Roman. Since you're not getting Roman, yeah, you can main event with that. And the cool thing is that I like. Shout out to WWE for doing this. Since Selena Vega is Puerto Rican, they actually made a Puerto Rican inspired LWO shirt. Oh really? It's red, white, and blue. So I'm like, dope. So that's the one I'm gonna get. You know what's actually something I noticed, like outside of wrestling, real quick, yeah. because I just saw the uh, across the Spider Verse trailer. Yeah. Where they're trying to get Miles's attention, the it same. literally turns into the Puerto Rican flag. His mom's snap. I saw that. People, the Easter eggs in that thing are amazing. Like, they they go all out with that shit. Though. Like I get like PR and DR will always have like that friendly rivalry. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, it's like that scene from Full Metal Alchemist. Where we're just like flexing off, but at the end of the day, we're like, you I. <laughs> All right, so what's the next match? Oh, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I give this also a 4.5. For I, entertainment's sake, for entertainment's sake. I would say like a 4.75. Oh, wow. Okay, there we go. Because like. It hit all the right notes. It hit all the right. Like the moment you have me yelling at my TV in Spanish. And having me, like, want to, like, go out and, like... I'll meet you halfway. I'll give you a 4.6. Like, I legit was like, I see Donald. Like, once I start doing, like, a stutter hit, like... It was for like, those of y'all who don't know what the stutter hit is, it's like when you're getting beat down and you just have someone stuck on a syllable, like go 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 muchacho. Oh, that's like E Honda with his palm clasp. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, so this oh, match. Like, well, let's not, let's not, let's keep yeah, it going. Yeah. We got a lot of matches to go through. Um, this is a great match. Um, I'm gonna probably rewatch Mania, some point, sometime, rewatch it. Yes. So, I'm definitely rewatching Night One again. Night One, absolutely rewatchable. We'll recommend it. <laughs> yes. Uh, next match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The SmackDown Women's Championship. Rhea Ripley, the Nightmare from Judgment Day versus the Queen Charlotte Flair. This was a banger match. 
unexpected. It should have. They they said it should have made evented, but I understand why it didn't. God, Charlotte just came back from wherever the fuck she was. Vacation uh, with Andrade. No, no, no. She was literally. I think she was trying to have kids. That's what I've heard. So she didn't have like you know like she didn't in private. She was trying to, have to start a family. Didn't work out. Uh, not that she's broken up with her husband, but just they needed her back at work, so she had to put that a pause. And now she lost the belt, so I'm assuming she's back to starting to start a family. I'm assuming. But Rhea Ripley, she put her over so well. Rhea Ripley had a crazy spot where I think Charlotte broke her fucking nose. Yeah, because she like landed straight it on was her a face. Half and half, right? Half and half suplex. Rhea looked dominant. She did the Riptide Avalanche Riptide, I should say, from the fucking top of the belt, dude. That was this whole match was like Rhea put on a five star match. This was definitely five star. Yes, a hundred percent. I am not gonna undercut it. I used to give Charlotte so much shit, but when it counts, she delivers. And even, you can see the point where Rhea was like, thank you to Charlotte in the ring, like you're listening to her as she got closer. But this whole match was like, wow. They were not, this is not the most anticipated, but people wanted this match. Like, here was the thing that. Because the I, build didn't work. This is what happens with the women's division in WWE right now. The builds are not working, they're not investing them well enough on TV. You have three hours on Raw, two hours on SmackDown. You can't say you have time constrictions. Bullshit. When people do full-on 20-plus minute promos, you have time to build the women's division. And the build sucked. Everyone has said this, but the matches deliver because the women have something to prove to say we can deliver like the men can and give us our damn respect. Absolutely. And there was only one thing I wished for this match. What's that? A callback to their Mania 36 where she came out in full Vegeta gear. I wanted Rhea to come out in Machu Vegeta. She just came out in regular Desmond Day stuff. But, um, yeah, Majin Vegeta would have been dope or, like, some sort of... And, like, just a camera cut of just, like, showing Charlotte, like, so happy, like, I think as long got as, me. I think as long as Rhea's in Judgment Day, this goth look stays. But once she leaves it, which I think is very soon, I think she'll ditch this shit and go back to her blonde hair. Because, not that I don't like her black hair look, she just... It, it feels it's, like, it's too heel and she's so much a baby it's weird the match feels like she should have the baby face even if she's in a heel faction and Charlotte's a baby face that doesn't have to be a good baby face at all you want to know something funny that i saw recently i think they were like interviewing Rhea, and throughout the entire interview she was playing around with a 10 year old dom action figure yeah that's funny that is hysterical yes all right what's the next match next is not really a match it's Pat McAfee versus The Miz. This is where the Bobby Lashley spot match with quick tune-up with L.A. Knight in L.A., of all places, should have been. Yes. Because this is where The Miz gets destroyed by Pat, a returning Pat McAfee and George Kittle ringside. Yes. As they take up The Miz and whoop his ass with Snoop like, sanctions a match as a host. Like... <laughs> Like, here's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Having George Kittle there is great because he's such a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, he watches AEW, WWE. He's, all, he's at all the events. But if you're in SoFi, you could have gotten, like, a Ram or a Charger. I think it has more to do with there are no wrestling fans in those teams. I think the reason why they pick Kittle is because he's buddies with McAfee. McAfee doesn't really have Rams or Charger friends. His friends are AJ Hawk, uh... Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and George Kittle. 
that we know of so far. That's his circle. So he's going to pick from his friends who know wrestling enough to know what to do. He's not going to get a random to be in there. He's not going to get a fan because you get a natural reaction out of that. So that's what it is. It's just a matter of, you know. But he, Kino is a Niners. I mean, LA is a Niners country. You think about it, people like the Niners. I mean, yeah, SoFi does get kind of overrun with opposing fans. Yeah, because, again, the Niners were the only LA team. I mean, yeah, the Raiders existed, but outside of Raiders, they were the only team there for so long. Yeah. So you're this Rams slash Chargers. I mean, Chargers were San Diego. They were just, you know, no one in LA is going to support San Diego. Vice versa, you know, like rival town. Yeah, but the Rams were in St. Louis before this. There were that wasn't support them off the bat. You got to build that fan base up. Yeah, I mean they won the Super Bowl and they don't really sell out their stadium. Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird how uh, LA is a weird town, but that's just maybe because it's full of outsiders. You know, right? People trying to become famous or whatever. Like most of the celebrities there have their own teams. Like Paul Rudd is a Kansas City's fan. Ben Affleck's a Patriots fan. You know, like me, like all the top celebrities all have their own. Like the only ones who really have, are LA like that are the rappers who are from LA. Who are right. Rapid. But as far as the actors, they're all outsiders from like fucking the Midwest or East Coast. So you don't see a lot of that fanfare. So people don't latch on to those teams unless you got to build it organically. Or LA is such a, just like New York City, a mixed match of people from everywhere else. You don't really have it. We're Boston. Even Boston, even though they have a lot of transplants, it's easy to root for Boston teams because we're a small city. There isn't much to do. So sports is life in this city for us, right? So, okay, enough of that. What's next? The main the, event? The main event. The main event of night one, which was Gunta. No. no. That was night one, though, right? No. That was night two? The tag match. Yes. Usos versus Sammy and KO. This match was a PWG match. Down to their tights. Down to their fucking gear. Owens had PWG, he had Pro Wrestling Gorilla on his shorts. No, they had each person's. Like, Sammy had KO and then his names and KO vice versa. No, I know that, but they had the PWG logo on his shorts. Oh, I didn't notice yes, that. Yes, he had the actual logo. I'm surprised they allowed it, but... uh. He had like Super Dragon also on his other like a Super Dragon's mask on his other short. Like it was like a like a like a like a boxer's shorts or whatever. Like, and um, him and Sammy tore the house down and they took down the Usos in what I considered a four point seven match. The best tag match outside of Briscoe's FTR. Absolutely, because the Usos have earned their spot as the best tag team in their in their universe. But there isn't much of a tag team division to begin with. Like, no. They really just monopolized, uh, dictatorized, whatever you want to call it. There isn't much of... like Cannibalized. The, cannibalized the tag divisions for the sake of making the Usos as top guys in the bloodline. And they finally lost. The top, they, Sammy's story ends. It's not what everybody expected. He didn't get the Daniel Bryan, you know, Heroes World Title but match. But he main events at WrestleMania. But he can honestly say he's main events main event at WrestleMania... In a tag match for the first time, the first time a tag match was made at WrestleMania since 1985 in WrestleMania 1 when, yeah. when Hogan and Mr. T were wrestling together. Against Orndorff and Piper. Yeah, so that's amazing. First time the tag titles have ever been defended. Absolutely. First time the tag mm-hmm. titles were defended in the main event, too. So it was history making. It's not the story people wanted, but it's 
quite a great consolation prize. Yes. And, like, KO, from, like, nearly being out of the company to doing two back-to-back main events. KO is a beast. I mean... Sammy, first ever Muslim can, to main event WrestleMania. Not that night one's over. Can we talk about the scrum? Oh, my God. <laughs> As Sammy's in deep thought, Kevin Owens, and is sponsored by Snickers, is fucking eating his Snickers. <laughs> but being polite about it, opening up slowly, so he's going to switch to the microphone. Oh, I didn't realize this. This match, I mean this match, this card was so much full of sponsorship. Yeah. Like, Ray versus Dom was sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Nothing says family feud like sitting down in the both of them. And so With Sol Ruka in the Cinnamon Toast. We didn't even talk about this. Sol Ruka was dressed up as a Lucha Cinnamon Toast Crunch mascot. Awesome. I yeah. loved it for her. This is amazing. And now you can use that in all of her hype packages. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, um, the the showcase for the men's tag was sponsored by uh, TurboTax, right? No, the main event was. The main event was sponsored by TurboTax. This was, like, Fuse, sponsored by, like, you know, like, what the fuck is this? Is okay. It reminded me of Jurassic World where they were like, Verizon Wireless presents TV and Dominus Rex. Oh, my God. That's so funny. It, it's like, I understand product placement. It happens a lot in movies. Also in UFC. You know, in Bellator, you see it on the mats or whatever. But Prime got free promo out of the Prime match, right? That's yeah. who, I'm assuming that's who sponsored that match. Because uh, they're not going to support his drink unless it actually brings, you know. So, I mean, you're supporting your own, I guess. Uh, what a sponsorship that was. I'm pretty sure they used that footage for a lot of commercials or for social media because that's other, you know, TikTok and stuff like that and Instagram. Um, God, it was so much. The Bray Wyatt match that was supposed to happen against Brock Lesnar was going to be sponsored by Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> How fucking horrible would that have been? I mean, considering the pitch black match. My God. No, no, no. I actually enjoyed it. I said it. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's just so weird to have. Like, I understand why Brock chose almost. To him, it makes sense to take down a bigger guy. Kind of like Hogan took down Andre the Giant. And almost is the tallest wrestler, period. There's no that there's no question. The seven foot three, you can't fake that. Like, I'm sorry, big cats. Like mm-hmm. you find we find somebody taller. But God, it's just like it's so weird with some of the product placement. But I'm not against yeah. it. It's just like it makes you chuckle. That's all I gotta say. It just makes you chuckle. But hey, you gotta get your bread. You gotta get your money. I'm not gonna hate anybody for making it. Of course, it's again, it's like a Super Bowl full of commercials, right? Yeah. So it makes sense in in that context. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because I enjoyed other shows having a Cracker Barrel theme match. I will say there is one advertisement sponsored match that. Fit the theme perfectly. I didn't realize that Make a Wish sponsored the fucking John Cena match. If uh, if you think about it, yeah, it was like a commercial for Make a Wish right there with Cena in uh, Austin Theory. I mean, listen, it's subtle, but it people are watching. Eyes are on the on the on on the screen that night. So night one, best match of your your opinion. I'm gonna say the main showcase. I'm gonna say the tag match, the yeah, main event okay. for you. Just- which I get it, and I get it. I get why people love it. But, like, right behind it, Ray Dom, because, oh, my oh, God. Oh, man. And the thing with me is this, right? Like, I was this close. If they just did, like, one other thing, like, 
Ray like put Dom through the Spanish announce table. I would have got like the Napoleon and started being like, hey, 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 hey. Oh man, just starts playing Bad Bunny. No, but honestly, God, night one, better card than night two. It was so much fun. I didn't yes. get bored. I, I love the rave second of this. And um, of course, there's little segments here and there for the team because you've got to kill time. But man, I, that men's showcase really showed me that they could build a tag division if they focus on it. They have the bodies. They have the people there. You got the Street Profits. You got Alpha Academy. You got Ricochet and Braun, who are a weird, odd man pairing, but they always do that. And um, it was something like, hey, now we have people that are set up for the Sami Zayn, and so it's tag, tag. It's like Sami Zayn and Owens, Kevin Owens, like, feuds right there, right? So, you know... But the main event was great. Don't get me wrong. It's yeah. Just, it's just, it was a, I don't want to say bittersweet ending for me because he did get a, he did get, get a record, record breaking, uh, moment breaking main event. And also with a guy that he started wrestling alongside with in the Indies and PWG. Which also at the scrum, they shouted out the Briscoes. Shout out the Briscoes. That was pretty classy of them. They were both in Ring of Honor. Like, these guys came up together. Their story concluded as, like, frenemies turned friends again. Like, it was more of a conclusion of the Kevin Owens and Sammy finding success together. I will say this, like, after the second Haluva kick, and Jay just... Go. Go for it. And that second Haluva kick, and Jay just, like, does, like, that lean onto Sammy... And he's like, wait, I've been in this situation before. And just, like, throws him back in the corner and goes for a third. Like, that's that's this generation's, I'm sorry, I love you. It The story notes hit, and that's all that really matters. Um, the match was great. It was, again, for me, it's like, I kind of wish it was Roman versus Sammy Mania. One on one, but yeah. this is a good second, a really good second, and again, tag belts main eventing a mania is a huge deal. Exactly. So I can't undercut it. It's like, just I'm just putting my I'm just being a, a a you know I want my pudding and I want my cake and eat it too. Like you know I'm just being like oh man, but I I appreciate what they did for Sammy and they knew that his momentum meant something, and even though they don't have world title shots for him in the future, at least they kept them main eventing, taking down the bloodline, well, sort of. Alright, so, let's start off with night two. <sighs> Brock Lesnar versus Omos. It's a gift match. 1.5. Nah, that's, that's, that sucks. I can't say that, because it was, it was a two. What's next? Uh, the women's tag team showcase. We had Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Shotzi, Chelsea Green, Sonya Deville, and Ronda Rousey and Sheena Baszler. Oddly enough, Chelsea Green stood out from all these women in the match. And mind you, Chelsea Green, also former Lucha Underground wrestler, uh, was on Impact, and also former WWE wrestler when she was in NXT and tough enough as well. So she's been everywhere. The Indies, with Cardona, her husband. This was a great showcase. The one nitpick I had was the fact that Ronda and Shayna barely did anything. They came out in cool, like, Rio and Ken geese, right? Yes. 
So like, okay. but apparently they're both injured now. That's what it is. I fucking knew it. So they had to do the. That's where they were out of the match, like for most of like eighty percent of the match. So I'm like, what the hell? And the end, they came in and just stole the win. Notice how like the next night on Raw, they're not present. Yeah, that makes sense. And the number one contenders were between two teams that weren't like put together. Well, it was Raquel and Liv yep. beating Damage Control. And um, here's the thing. This could have been a better showcase if they had established tag team. Shotzi and, and Natalia, they had a missed opportunity not to, to use a tank. They didn't use a tank. They had it there. Yeah, that was one of the things was like, no, you're not going to need a tank. Very offensive. It's like the tank would have been the huge pop. Like that's the place to use a tank. It's mania. And I don't know. That, again, and also it was cool that they had matching helmets. Natalie's Natty's had the little cat ears. But as far as the tag team here, it's like, eh, they all seem put together. I'm going to be fair and say that this was a 2.5. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't want to shit on it too much. They did the best they can with what they had to work with. All right, what's next? Brought to you by Mike's Harder Lemonade. This I fucking love because I love me some Mike's. I get them every week. Every Friday when I watch When it. I was talking about sponsorships that like tie in, Gunther, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. Make, this makes sense. You put a beer out of this one. <laughs> but not just a beer, a harder beer. Oh, man. This is like, funny thing about me, right? Whenever I, I'm online on a Friday night, I'm usually drinking Mike's hard, Harder Lemonade just because I enjoy it. One. 140 ounce and I'm gone. Like I don't need more than that unless I really want to just go, you know. But this was a sponsorship that was so on brand with these guys. Yes. So on brand. And this was my five star review match. This this broke the scale for me. This is six stars? Six and a half. Ooh, okay, Meltzer, I see you. <laughs> like this is honestly, if I'm being hundred percent honest. One of my favorite matches I've ever seen. Period. Doesn't Period. matter what brand. Like Gunther matches are always amazing. I never talk shit about Gunther when he was Walter. Like he is the man. It's just like now you're getting the showcase. And honestly, after he breaks Honky's record, which everything's looking like he might. Uh, thank God. Unless Vince busts it up, which we'll see what happens. But break the Honky Tonk man's record. When when was that debut? September. Uh, like first week of September. Labor Day weekend. Good. Losing to Sheamus there. Sheamus gets his Grand Slam. Survivor Series. Perfect timing. Survivor Series. And um, we'll see. But this match, big meaty men with big chests slapping the meat. This is for you, Biggie. Oh, man. This was so awesome. But I mean. No one, looked, no one looked like a geek in this one. No. Yeah. Like, Sheamus having... Who was it on the outside and just going for 28 smacks? That was uh, Gunther. He was yeah. getting a beating, yo. Like, Gunther usually taking the beatings, not, uh, giving the beatings, not taking them. But, God, they were all, like, hurting. Like, he powerbombs Drew, picks up Sheamus just to powerbomb him on Drew. Bro, that was a bad. This is fucking amazing. I'm just like, you know what? Damn it, Siri. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so this was, uh, oh, I can go on. It was just a lot of. Like if proper spots used correctly, I mean, and Sheamus with a bang, bang, bang of the drum, like to thirty almost, and then Drew with the getting his ass whooped and like falling out to the ring, so he couldn't get pinned. Like they were really well executed. 
I can't verbally jerk this match off anymore. Just watch it. Just watch it. One not to miss in the books, in the, in the history books. What's next? Uh, the Raw Women's Championship match, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Another women's feud with really shitty building. Fit two excellent wrestlers doing excellent wrestling. Yes. Again, I can't say enough how the women's division has been treated in WWE lately. I can say the same for other companies, but I hear I'm not here for what what aboutism. I'm here to focus on WWE. They have the people who want to wrestle. Their women's division is completely frustrated online, venting. You got people threatening to leave, going back to Japan. Asuka said, or whatever. Like Bailey's training to death. Well, she was being like playing around. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But also, like when the women are given the opportunity, they deliver. That should be a wake-up call. Give them time. You have enough time for these shitty long 30-minute promos on Raw the following night. That could have been easily time to showcase the women's division as a whole. But, you know, who am I? Yes, I'm just a mark on a freaking iPad. Uh, in a, on a freaking MacBook giving a podcast here. Yeah. But um, this match, I, I don't know. I'm going to say four to five. Is that fair? It's a Bianca match. She came yes, on top. She, I... I gotta give Bianca her flowers. Yeah, she's her been, entrance. She's seen it for her women's division. Her entrance. Oh, that poor little girl. Her mom died that same day. Yes. The contortionist. My God, that broke my heart when I found that out. Yeah. And this was just like a like a crew from I think Compton. Yeah, the Compton, uh, just like a local dance troupe, which I thought was awesome. And like all of this stuff, like give. On yeah. the worst day of her life, you gave her a memory she'll never forget. Exactly. And, like, honestly, make Bianca the female John Cena. In a sense, like, give these little girls a role model to, like... Yeah, don't make her heel. You gotta have Bianca be the face. Because she's at the point where she's gonna have a reality show with Montez. She's gonna, she's on all the talk shows. Like, Bianca is your star. Like, Charlotte is getting... Okay, I don't want to be ageist. She's getting up to an age where she's thinking about having children. So she's winding down the in-ring stuff so she can start a family like Becky did. And, you know, women have a biological clock. Everyone's different. But I think Charlotte thinks she's ready to start a family with Andrade and settles down. And I'm not saying quit wrestling, but take a hiatus just to do her thing. And maybe she'll come back and we'll miss her because it'll be too long yeah. in the ring. Like, Absence makes the heart grow fond. And one thing Charlotte can do is there's some time off to just do her enjoy life yeah so she's currently in hawaii for her birthday with andrade that's a birthday gift that's pretty awesome and they're just there living lovey-la can i just say how awesome it was like the sort of backstage like stuff i think the uh wwe 24 7 yeah and they had andrade on there and they just refer to him as manny andrade well that's his legal name i know but it's just hilarious to see him on tv like, oh, yeah, he's just Charlotte's husband. Bro, you had Buddy Matthews at freaking the Hall of Fame with Rhea, because that's, that's his... And Malachi. And Malachi with Zelina. Like, they can't deny it anymore. This whole universe thing, people always mention, like, why people thought WWE was North Korea. Because Vince made a world where nothing outside of WWE exists. But now it's been broken because of social media and because of, like, like... You can't keep the facade anymore. It's no longer North Korea. Now it's got to be like a democracy like South Korea and be normal people. Like, what's so weird about acknowledging... I'm not saying you acknowledge them by their wrestling names because that's obviously owned by a competitor. 
But just by their, like, oh, that's the Rhea's boyfriend or whatever. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, uh, it is what it is. Or Andrade, uh, or Zelina's husband, or, or Charlotte's husband. Like, it, it's a matter of, like... Like, at least even just use their real names. Use their legal names, exactly. Because that's fair play, as far as, far as I'm concerned. Because yep. they're not characters. They're just there in support in the back. Uh, but, yeah, what's the next match on the card? This is when the night got bad. This is where Vince was got bored and he took over for booking, apparently. Yep. So we have The Miz coming out saying, hey, last night didn't count. Here's a real. And we can also talk about, like, Lashley just coming out with the Andre the Giant trophy. He didn't get a match. You could have given him a match. This is some bullshit right here, man. Like, I'm not. He's just there with the trophy. Waves at the fans. Go to commercial. Yep. But The Miz is like. I'll take on anyone in the back. And here comes the money hits. Here comes the money. Shane making his first appearance since the Royal Rumble. Since he got fired by his dad. Let's put that up, you know, like in perspective. And he came out, did a leapfrog, and blew out his quads like his family. It's a family trope in the Stranger Quads, like his dad and his uh, his brother-in-law. Mid-match, Snoop called the shot with the referee. You know how much of a vet? This is why he Snoop Dogg's a, a Hall of Famer in WWE. He called it in the ring and was able to change it up, intervene, take down the Miz, and do the people's elbow. Yes, which I, I, I don't care. Snoop hitting the people's elbow. And he did it right. He did the whole jump twice. He didn't yep. just stop abruptly. He did the whole sequence. And um, it was fun. It was a cute little thing. It's like... The best of a bad situation. Yeah, making the best, and I hope Shane heals up, and dude, if you're going to be in the ring, make sure you're in-ring ready. Like, I mean, it could happen. Stretch. It could happen to anybody, I think. Yeah. I think he went too high in the leap, and he landed wrong. Who who knows? Maybe new shoes. Like, you never know. You just never know. All right, what's next? Next, we have Brood Edge coming out from his Scooby-Doo, like, Live-action Scooby-Doo helmet. It was so weird because he had, like, double wings, and he had he just came out of Slayer. Yeah. With the words Judgment Day, like, in the lyrics. So, like, okay, I see where they use the song for. But it wasn't the Brood entrance, per se. The Brood music. Where the fuck was Gangrel? Didn't they say they were going to have Christian Cage there for the night? That was the rumor. That was the rumor, but it wasn't confirmed. Like, but Gangrel was there, available to, like, do yeah. stuff. So He uh, was working WrestleCon. Yeah, so they could have... Uh, well, you know, it was still cool nonetheless. Yeah. Then the return of the demon with the demon music, meaning the old CFO yes. theme. But this demon is purple. It was like regular demon, but with hints of purple here and there. With like this purple like smoke screen. That was look. badass. That look, those photos that came out great. Yes. Not within five minutes of the match, Finn accidentally leans forward, hands out, but still takes a ladder to the fucking head. I didn't think it was 14 stables. Bro, I didn't know it was that bad until he posted the photos. It was fucking gruesome. I'm like, that is getting open. Like, these chairs are, were not gimmicks. Like I said. I mean, these ta- ta- ladders weren't gimmicks. After Shane, like, tore his quad, that's when I felt like the show started having a curse of Rujeria. Rujeria, for sure, bro. That shit was crazy. And um, the match ended with Edge. Like, again, they did spot, they, they did their best they can to a bad situation. Yes. So I don't want to rate this because it wasn't fair because it wasn't what we were. It was just, you know, the show must go on. Yeah. So let's just skip over this. Yeah, absolutely. It's probably Edge's last main event because he's done after, like, he retires in Canada or whatever. But 
it, it sucks it had to end this way because they were setting up for so much. Finn, there was like a, a ledge and he jumped over it and like they did some cool spots. Actually, the one thing I will say for criticism that doesn't affect them, why were there purple and red weapons? Very toyish. Like, I know they're trying to sell toys, yeah. but like, a red folding chair and purple uh, canes, like, that was just too childish. Because you can't sell, you can't make the cane, the hell in a cell now red. That's what I'm thinking. Still, they needed color. They're like, okay, we'll make the weapons colorful. Like, oh my god. He pulled out so many fucking. Uh, uh, Kendo sticks until the point there was one with no color on. Like, okay, cool, finally regular looking things. But there was some brutal spots. It wasn't yeah, yeah. a cell match. It just had a weird pause for him to get like numbing cream and like staples in. And they finished the match. They went back and got medical. Uh, he wasn't at the Raw Thermina either because he was probably getting healing up at the yeah. home. All right, next match. And now it's time for the main event. Already? Yep. Why did it feel shorter? Were these matches just longer? Is that what it was? Um. No, no, because like the main event is the longest. Oh. Everything else was like kind of divided. Oh, because they said the main event would go over an hour, and it did. It's a, it, it was no. Uh, according to here, it's... It felt like it went over an hour. Well, with entrances and everything, yeah. yeah. Um, main event was the biggest red herring. People thought Cody was... Got, with all the buildup, with his purple chest and Hell in a Cell, with, with him being out on injury, coming back, with him... With him taking the weight belt that had every promotion, minus one. Oh, because bar wrestling? Yeah. yeah. I know. And um, all the promotions he worked for inside the belt... Giving it to so Brody Jr. Yeah, negative one. Brody Jr. took the belt. Like, again, this was the heartbreaking finish that should have never happened. I loved it. But here's the thing. Getting Cody built up to this level is going to be fucking hard again to do this. Like, I know where they're going to go. Mania 40 is in Philadelphia. The home of uh, the Rocky. birth of America. The whole Rocky story. The patriotism and Cody's gonna come out with some patriotic revolution stuff very Americana he's gonna win the belt they're probably gonna have the new belt design by then because they're not I don't know if they're gonna use a new belt now I think they're gonna save for 40 but can you maintain Cody's momentum for a full calendar year that's a long time for a guy to stay hot like this was the time to strike a lot of people agreed it should have been Cody winning Roman but they really want to give this Bruno San Martino run to Roman so like at this point then I'm gonna know He's never going to lose for another year, two years. I loved it. Because you want to know why? I am such a jerk. I loved watching everyone's rage Did go you on. see that little kid on TV on Bitcher Report? This is bullshit! Little 10-year-old kid. No, I, in my apartment, I had like one of my good friends, won't say his name, but you have met him, and he just lost it. He was cursing up a storm. That's crazy. You know, and I'm just people there were like, invested because they built this up so much, bro. Cody was untouched the whole fucking build. He never got checked, and like he gave Solo his first loss. Like we really thought that he was gonna come in here like a superhero. This guy's story started. Finish the story. I think it was the wrong time because you're you're not gonna have to strike iron twice, like whatever how the saying goes. Like and this. Technically, the third, like the third strike. Then the rubber chicken. Yes. Oh my god, it got so mean. 
like all of this and I'm like, yep, Vince officially took over. Or it could have been an Endeavor call. We don't know. It was actually a Triple H call the whole time. He wasn't going to win regardless. Because wasn't the original plan that Roman was going to go over clean? Yep. And also, before that, it was Roman Rock. That was speculated for a long time, but The Rock is doing everything but wrestling. Literally everything but wrestling. At this point, I'm not investing in The Rock in, in Roman next year in Philly because it is a callback to uh, Royal Rumble yeah. where The Rock put over Roman with a booing Philly crowd. But now it's like if Cody can keep his momentum and be just as over as he was this year next year, I'll email him words. But I think it is a gamble. They should have They should have struck iron when it was hot and done it now because the build is fucking storybook ending. He went to AEW. He would have created a rival promotion to prove to his, you know, former bosses that he can he can be a star. Yeah. And this made him look mid. This made him look like, oh yeah, I forgot you're just the mid carter. Like Cody Rhodes re fucking constructed himself, dyed his hair bleach blonde the American Nightmare gimmick, the the very pro America shit, like his dog and his wife, all of this, just to be disappointed. Everyone felt so deflated afterwards. I felt bad for those. Guys. I know because you're petty, but everyone who flew overseas, like this is gonna be crazy. But now, it gives you a reason to go to Mania at forty, because Philly's not that far. I'll probably get an Airbnb with some buddies. I'm already planning it, and I hope. Whoever defeats Roman, please do it at Mania next year. Gunther. I, I'm calling it out. I want it to be Gunther. I think it might be Gunther. Because he's built so strong. And I feel like... For him, After he breaks Honky's reign... Sheamus beats him, whatever, and then you build him up again for Mania. Have him win the Rumble. And he's got his own squad, Imperium. Yep. So if the fucking bloodline appears, and then, like I said, add Elia from NXT to that, you know, to give Solo a run for his money, go for it. But um, all for all, this match was a uh, solid four out of five. Yeah. Went very long, obviously, at hour, but I'm just tired of the Usos interfering. Solo interfering twice. Yeah. He was ejected and came back. I've never seen it before. I guess that's something different, but, like, I'm tired of the bloodline, man. This is – Sami Zayn kept that storyline not boring. It, ex- you know, it's expired. It went past the expiration date. All this for what? I the know. same thing all over again. I'm not going to be as invested in No, that. you want to know what's the thing? Don't have The weekend do a theme song. Because every time The weekend has a theme... Roman wins. Yes. Oh, man. Mania, Mania 40 will be interesting. I don't know what's going to happen. But all I got to say, though, is... All in all, it was a good show. But the second show felt so disjointed from the first. It felt like two different shows. Completely. Like, it started off hot, and the second show, midway... Because I'm not gonna say it had a it had a five star match in there. We'll put that, that out there. But towards the main event, I was just not as invested. And you know what? End of the day, this is what they're gonna do. This is there. This is there. They literally had finish the story Cody Rhodes shirts at WWShop.com. Like, come on, man! Like, they literally you had everyone. Like, you don't want to blue balls your audience more than, than once. That's what I was about to say right don't now. Don't do the shit again next year. Roman has to lose the next year. This is getting ridiculous at this point. Because 
it's gonna get predictable and people are gonna be like fuck this shit people are already saying like fuck this shit because it, it was a it was a way to extend the story on in we're gonna beat Cody up for a year now have him go through so many people like that's I mean, what, they're already setting him and Brock up. Yeah, he's going to get his ass whooped. He's going to keep losing and losing and losing. And I'm like, you can't just beat your baby face to a pulp. Sometimes it's okay to just pull the trigger and just let the baby face win. But Vince McMahon is such a fucking nihilist. He's like, he wants to beat up all his heroes so they can come back and be look stronger. Like, no, this is some bullshit, man. I'm just, I just want the story to make sense. Like, I get it. When we mentioned this earlier with, Jay, with uh, Mark Briscoe. It was too soon. He just became a, a single wrestler. That I get. Yeah. But man, I'm just like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, that was the point that my friend brought up when he was cursing up a storm. It's like you should have given it to Mark. You should have given it to Cody. It's like sometimes you don't get what you want. But Mania, how often does a heel win? Roman's been champion for three years. I don't want to see Mania 40 and Roman retains again. That's just me. I just feel like now at this point when you hear Who the fuck's gonna beat him? You got a whole roster of people that got destroyed by Roman, you know? I legit wrote down a list of like five people who I think could be able to be a double back. Alright, who could it be? Alright, number five. Just because you have to include him, The Rock. Yeah, I guess. Four. Jay. Yeah, he already lost twice, but okay. I mean, at this point, like, after the whole Sammy thing, it gives more context to his character. Now, here's my top three. Number three, Karrion Cross. Okay. Because notice, the downfall of the bloodline began the moment the hourglass was introduced. You want to pay off long-term booking? Find a way to reincorporate Cross into the story. Number two, Seth Rollins. Because if you really look at Roman's title defenses, he's lost against Seth via DQ. Not an actual, yeah. So Seth still had that overall. I feel like Seth's going to lose this one. And I feel like everyone's going to lose until Gunther loses the Intercontinental Championship and goes to the main event. And he becomes a new face of the company. And Roman retires. Or like goes off to make movies or whatever. That's just what I'm saying. Roman's done. Yeah, Gunther's my number one. He's my number one. I want them. I honestly wanted him over Cody after watching Clash at the Castle. Bro, I wanted Gunther from the get-go, but he's had this long intercontinental championship reign. Had he not gone for the long reign, he might have been the guy. But also, Cody was the fucking guy. Sammy was the guy. You can't deflate the audience. This much investment just to have him like, oh, again, like it's gonna get repetitive. I don't, I don't, I just, why people are like, come on, like, give us what I want. Like, sometimes it's okay to give the people what they want. Not always. You don't, you don't want to make shows ridiculous, but this would have been the time. You build up Cody to be this mega superhero, and now he looks like a chump, and now he's a restart all over. Like, I don't know, man. It was just not the right call, in my opinion. Prove me wrong in a year and see how that turns out. We'll talk then. But this is my opinion. I understand why. Like, it makes sense on book. Like, Cody has the redemption arc. You know, he got beat up. This is Rocky 2, or Rocky 3, I forget. The Silver Lang. Rocky 3. You know, he got, he's going to rebuild himself up in a full year and end up being main eventing Mania in Philly, the birthplace of America. You know, he's going to have, like, those uh, revolutionary fucking people come in, whatever, and, like, 
than this theme mode. You know, I'm already planning it. Like, how's it gonna look uh, out in the Eagle Stadium? But all right, this has been it. This has been past two hours. I got yeah, to. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. If you've heard the entire thing. God, probably pause halfway through it and quit. Uh, with that being said, Raul Otero, how can people reach you? Um, you can find me on all my socials. I'm finally back on Twitch. Woo-hoo. So it's at Miserbiliality, M-I-S-E-R-B-I-L-A-L-I-T-Y. And you can find me on all streaming platforms as the Podcast Mercenary. I'm the Podcast Mercenary, Christian Joel Ramos. Till next time, next Mania season, we're signing off. Peace. <laughs>